Michael Tidwell and Michael B. Casey. Block time. It's block time. This is Michael Tidwell. And this is Michael B. Casey. And our blocks are at BitPay today. We're here with Chris, and we also have another guest, Randy, who was supposed Dude. to be part of our podcast originally. You, this is the mysterious why are you Randy. Using my name. <laughs> oh no, I meant uh, Cipher. Now you just gave it. It's okay, Randy. Yeah, um, and also we have uh, uh, Chris Kleeschult, our guest here. Yeah, why you, why yeah I'm excited. Ahead, uh, Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, my name's Chris Kleeschult. I work here at BitPay. Um, mainly uh, do software development type stuff. You've, you might see my name on some commits in the BitCore uh, projects that we have. So you know, maybe we can talk about that. I don't know if people are interested in that kind of stuff. I, I mean, if we're smart enough to talk to you about it, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, obviously, if someone asks a question, well, I'll field it for you. But, uh, Mike, I don't know. Are we smart enough to talk to Chris about uh, I'm real never specific smart Bitcoin enough to talk core to Chris. stuff? Honestly, I just, yeah, I, I just try to absorb a little bit by osmosis yeah. every time I'm around. We, we, we like talking about Bitcoin at a high level. At a functional point of view. Yeah, we don't get down and dirty <laughs> into the core code. I that's love talking uh, about any aspect of Bitcoin, no okay. matter what well, it is, especially with, uh, so, so with you I guys. Admit, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, so, uh, cypherpunk man, uh, would you like to, Mr. Anonymous, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Okay. No. All right. No. <laughs> so, so, so this is a little bit of change of format. Uh, Mike Casey and me, we usually do this podcast just mano a mano, but... Uh, we just thought it'd be cool to bring in a couple people today, and also, uh, what better way to do it than in the BitPay office? Um, now we have a. Should we talk about the event coming up? Uh, yeah, sure. So this weekend, we actually have a blockchain hackathon coming up, uh, which I'll be part of. It's uh, for the the distributed markets. Yep. Uh, what is it? Conference? Distributed Markets Conference here in Atlanta. Blockchain yeah. Finance Conference on Monday. So it's it's part of like this go distributed effort from BTC Media is uh, I think how it's really going. Uh, at least that's how I see it. Like from John Riggins explaining how it was in like Nashville when they did distributed health. Uh, it's like go distributed is like their website and then distributed with some noun is like th what they're doing all over the U.S. It looks uh, that's like their marker. So so yeah, it's like yeah. distributed that distributed that. And this this weekend it's distributed markets. Um, Chris is actually going to be a judge. How did they yeah. pick you for that? Did they just ask. Yeah, uh, John has been uh, John from BTC Media has been in our office for the past couple of weeks, and he's been co-working with us. And he just reached out to to a couple of developers and said, "Hey, do you want to?" Be a judge, and I said, "Yeah, let's do it." Because I, I we're looking for developers, so uh, anything I can do to recognize people that are doing a good job in the community, especially you know doing apps and stuff on their own time, and that shows that that they're interested and that uh, they may be good employees. So, yeah, we're looking for good employees to come work with us. Sweet, cool. What 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 particular roles are you guys looking for? Front end, back end? Uh, mostly uh, back end, like a uh, back end senior node. JS developer, but we're also um, we've opened up a new requisition for uh, uh, an actual block, or an actual uh, Bitcoin core type of developer. So people that can work on the core code, like C plus plus and that kind of thing. Nice. So uh, that's pretty exciting because I that's the team that I that I am pretty much the only member of. <laughs> well, yeah, Jeff Garzik used to work here too before. Yeah, so so he did a lot of that stuff as well. But, yeah. 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 Turn on his mic a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
cool. That's awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, do you know the specifics on the prize money for the hackathon? Uh, why, do you, why would I you don't. ask? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the number is. Because it's on all that. about the money, man. Uh huh. What I can say is there, there's a relationship between BTC Media and BitPay, because BitPay used to own Bitcoin Magazine, and they sold it to BTC Media and BTC Media. So there's obviously a connection there, and um, you know Tony and Stephen Pear will Tony Gallippi and Stephen Pear will be at the conference on Monday at the Ritz. And they will be speaking, which, you know, you don't get a chance. You know, there's, if you don't know those guys, you don't get a chance. There's a lot of people there. Charlie mm-hmm. Shrim's coming. We're, we're we, actually interviewing him. Yeah, so we're so our goal is to interview Charlie Shrim and Perry Ann Boring. Those are, those are the two people we want to interview. That's going, that's Those are our two targets. And then we'll probably end up interviewing, like, some random person. Or there's like a some lot of people. interesting people. Yeah, there. I was going to say. But those are our two targets right now is Charlie Shrim, who's already said he will. And he might actually do that on Sunday, so it'd be nice to catch him before the conference on Monday. And then Perry and Boring, will, I'm just going to try to grab her. Oh, I'm, I'm whoa, whoa, you may have whoa. to interview alone because, uh, uh, man, that sucks. Because I want to interview Charlie Shrem, but I'm jumping out of a plane on Sunday. So, oh, you're not going to be here on Monday? No, no, I'll be here on Monday. But you were talking about Sunday. I, I'm indisposed. You hope you'll be there on Monday. Well, yeah. I oh, might not. you're yeah, just saying. Wait, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> But I am jumping out of a plane on Sunday. So where are you going Sunday? Is that Chattanooga or Jasper, or Tennessee, okay. or some right. bullshit? Yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll we'll try to grab uh, Charlie on uh, Monday. Yeah. Okay. We'll Tidwell, aren't you, aren't you throwing you, like a super dope asking. after party, Tidwell? Uh, we're not talking about that here. Super dope after party, man. On the uh, no. Random. No, don't know what you're Crickets. talking about. <laughs> yeah. Don't. don't um, I can't help you there, Mister. Uh, what, what do I call you again? Cypher. Randy? There you go. Cletus got it. So let's talk about the price. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so like... Uh, Live was from the fucking moon. No, no. We got to wait until it hits <laughs> much ironic. higher. Yeah, we have to... No, that's my like tagline. Like, yeah, uh, I've been waiting we though. Can't that's wait like four hits. or $5,000. Yeah, Live from the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic yeah. internet money. Yeah. Join us. That's right. One coin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Don't, man, you're, you're, don't do that. Man. Stop. <laughs> Stop saying my name. Oh, sorry, Randy. <laughs> okay. uh, Stop saying. My so, name. so it was. It's been pretty interesting, and I noticed. I was looking yesterday, uh, and I was looking at least on on one of the ticker widgets that I have. It, it's kind of amazing to look at the price, and I sent this to a couple of different people, but uh, it's the Bitcoin ticker widget or something. But it's really cool because if you look at it, uh, the two-year graph on the Coinbase uh, chart, and take a look at this, Chris. Yeah. So go ahead and trace the bottom, uh, the bottom line on that, and it looks like a pure, purest example I've seen of the beginning of an exponential curve. Oh, uh, yeah, if that's, you look, that's X squared. <laughs> pretty right striking, isn't yeah. it? So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, past performance is not necessarily indicative of, of future uh, outcomes, but all that being said, it looks pretty fucking promising. So, yeah, and there's, um, there's, there's, there's little to complain about. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm liking where it is right now. It's, so we're sitting right now at 1187. Um, and it, it's, it doesn't feel like it's high to me. You know what I mean? It's it's cool because it's near the all-time high, but it's not like it was last time where it's like, this is an unreal amount. No, just it feels like it should be about here right now. I mean, does anybody feel differently? Uh, I So personally, 
it's it's just hard for me to believe that uh that Bitcoin's gonna moon to like ten thousand dollars in like the next like couple months or whatever. Or I, I just I still think that we're we'll we might get to like sixteen hundred max. I, I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit more like your mileage may vary. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's, I guess it's just like it's too good to be true if it happens. So I'm hedging my thought bets. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, so are people just... literally thinking that Bitcoin is going to balloon to ten grand? Not many, but well, there are a few. Are they? I wrote a paper on the subject. It's about ten pages. What was your? Yeah. Just to get just to get uh to get out of the way, we've been waiting like four years to talk about this why don't you just go ahead and talk about your paper mike oh okay so is that what this is going to be about i mean we got two guests do, do we want to talk about my paper on this one i mean i, I, don't I know. think you so, should point people to mike, it and and highlight the fact if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine but I every do, podcast but we say we're well, going to talk give about us, give us give us a teaser give us a few minutes of it and, you know <laughs> enough, about, enough to make people no, no, my problem is i could it. go on about it for how about like three hours that's my problem time yourself to like two minutes to talk about it give them five man two minutes well, teaser. You just said a teaser. A teaser. It's what, like how a, long it's are like your a, teasers? It's a good trailer, man. I got long game, bro. <laughs> yeah, just Mike. Just just uh, <laughs> pique right. people's interest in your. Okay, paper. so so I wrote a paper, um, and it probably sucks, but uh, it's it's on Medium.com. It's under Michael B. Casey. Uh, funnily enough, I actually got confused with Michael J. Casey, the Wall Street Journal writer. Um, people were congratulating him on his awesome paper. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So uh, it's it's uh, you can look it up under uh, Michael B. Casey and it's uh, Bitcoin speculation uh, speculative adoption slash price theory. White paper that broke the internet, man. It's not a white paper. It's, it's not a white paper. It's not a white paper. <laughs> Medium's uh, going down as we speak. I don't write white papers. Um, so uh, basically, it, it's 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 not even that much original thought of any kind. It's basically just a. Con a conglomeration of everything that I've heard and studied over the last four years of trying to determine the price. So a little bit about me and my background. Um, I am an analytics guy for the past uh, eight years. I've worked for Fortune 50 companies in BI and analytics. So that's that's what I do professionally for a living. And most of the stuff I do is just like really, really, really specific. Like I worked at Home Depot and I did retail shrink. And it's just like it's not applicable to anything outside of it. So I love little niche problems that are, you know, that require a lot of analysis to get a decent correlation. So, um, so basically, I started looking at the Bitcoin price when I first looked at it. That's how I got into it because I'm a I'm a charts geek, and I looked at it and and I, I couldn't believe what what does this? Because I, I saw this pattern. I said, what does this? I've never seen anything that does anything like this before, and. Um, so I set about trying to figure it out, and you know, and about three years ago, I, I I kind of had an inkling, but I never really wrote it down. So basically, what the theory is, as simply stated as I could say it, the actual thesis is, oh shit, I haven't said this in a while. Let's see if I can rattle the whole thing off. Uh, the Bitcoin adoption is uh, is following Bitcoin's following the S curve of technological adoption. Uh, as characterized by a series of exponentially increasing Gartner hype cycles, uh, you know, fractal Gartner hype cycles. So that's basically the gist of the whole paper. Um, and I, I can go into details, but it's 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 better to read the paper because I don't I don't know if I could do it justice without the charts and graphs and shit. Tell them how they can find your paper exactly. 
uh, Google. We can put in the we can put in the show notes. Put too. in the show notes, yeah. but just just Google Bitcoin <coughs> speculation uh, theory. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll find. Uh, you. Uh, will they, will they really find you that easily? Yeah, yeah. I've Googled it before. So, so, it's, so a, it's been referenced by many, um, you know, other podcasts. And, Tidwell and found another one the other day. Oh yeah, I was like so excited. <laughs> I was like, Mike, 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 I found I found a YouTube video where this guy's talking about your paper. I was, I was like, like, Chris sent me like four of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Dude, oh, every okay. time I see it. <laughs> I'm glad. You know, I'm- and a great way to do that is just to, to go to YouTube and just let it follow, you know, from one uh, YouTube uh, cast to the next and you'll eventually like run out of, you'll eventually find good content that way. Hey, so, hey, Casey, before uh, we someone just on. linked oh, it, yeah, someone yeah. just linked it in Autica. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, can thank we, you. Can we take a step back to your thesis? Can you give us uh, what's the word I'm looking for for those of us? Do you want to know when to sell? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, for, for for the people out there Never. who aren't uh, crypto heavyweights, like, can you just give it to us in layman terms? Right, like, what is oh. what is? What but, well, is okay. All? The basic thesis is like this. Okay, so this this is assuming that Bitcoin is going to take over the world. That's the underlying assumption it's operating off of. Because you can't really study it without making assumptions like that. Take but, over the world in the sense that it becomes the de facto well, okay. and currency it's not, of the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and, and I, I stipulate not just Bitcoin, but crypto of some sort. Okay. So it's not just Bitcoin, but you know, and any crypto that does end up following it will have the same properties, I believe. So um, are you familiar with the S-curve? Have you ever heard of the S-curve of technological adoption? Heard about it a little while ago. Okay. Heard about the bell curve, the technology yeah, adoption it, life cycle. Well, that's that's it. That's, that's exactly that work, yeah, it. So, well, well so, so, no, no, it's the bell curve is it, but the S-curve is the cumulative bell curve. Okay. So instead of a bell curve of how many people adopt, think of it like if it's stacked on top of each other, it looks like yeah. an S. Okay. So uh, if you take that curve, and that happens to be the curve because it's technological adoption, and it's, it's been documented well in history sure that is how things when they you know reach a main mass uh, mainstream audience that's that's how it comes about so it's nothing 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 a little bit a little bit everybody has it you know it's like and that's basically the way everything is adopted and you know i i say that but the cycle usually takes decades or historically it's taken decades it's getting faster with each successive technology i'll give you an example tablets right nobody had a tablet Nobody had a tablet. And then all of a sudden, everybody who's ever going to have a tablet has a tablet. You know, and that happened within a few months, basically, you know, maybe a year. So uh, electricity, by contrast, took like 30 years. (laughs) So it's getting faster. So that so that's the S curve. So what's interesting about that is, you know, it it follows a basic, uh, you know, it's it's a parabolic rise. Right. So um, it's an exponential curve. Which is the biggest thing when you think about this? You have to think in exponents. You have to think in exponential, and it's, it's, it's really hard for a lot of people to. It's really hard for anybody actually to, to, you know, wrap your head around thinking exponentially because we're very, very linear. We're everything we do is is, is taught to be linear. So it's very difficult to get in an exponential mindset. And if you do want to get in an exponential mindset, what I would recommend is uh, read Ray Kurzweil's *The Singularity Is Near*. Excellent book, and it's kind of kind of boring. But it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I recommend the Audible version. If yeah, you, the uh, Audible version. Yeah, it's it's a good. And also that, and also um, there's uh, Nick Bostrom's uh, Super Intelligence book, which is also highlighting a that. lot about uh, exponential things like this. He goes into great detail on how humans could possibly invent the new AI. You know, yeah. if we wanted to model our brains, for example, how, what kind of computers 
would would it take to to model this you know synaptic Kurzweil has another one a newer book called uh, How to Create a Mind same same deal so right. yeah but there's there's a lot of that stuff but it, but it all goes with uh, exponential growth and if you understand exponential growth you can understand how this stuff works so uh, adoption works like that it hits it hits a threshold and then it breaks even so um, so I started looking at that because that's what it's going to do. But obviously, if you look at that giant curve, we're, we're like in the very, very early stages now because nobody let's let's all be honest here. You know, as a percentage of the whole of humanity, nobody uses Bitcoin so right think, now. Are, are we in well, the, are I mean, we in the... I, I try to, but the blocks are full. Like, oh, <laughs> actually, my uh, confirmation Damn. went through pretty quickly. Well, it took a few hours, but it went through. Oh, snap. Yeah, I had one <laughs> confirmation uh, take seven hours. That was probably might be the longest that it's ever taken me to. Get so Bitcoin's too popular is what you're saying. Uh, I mean, as it, I mean, we I mean, that's a really interesting subject, actually. And that's a really good question, because it's really what do we want Bitcoin to be? And yeah. that's and that's really what it comes down to. And, and I'm really tempted to uh, make a website that has like five or six variables that say, okay, this is the total amount of people you want to use Bitcoin. This is the total amount of transactions you think they, they should be able to do a day or a year or a whatever, like, uh, you know, slider bars or whatever. And then, then, then at the end, it's going to say, this is how big the blocks need to be. And that's going to take into account Lightning Network and SegWit because I want this to kind of be like, how many, how many times are they, can they clear out to the blockchain to can't, you know, to, to end up Settle, settlement. Yeah. How many, how many times can they do a settlement? And then people are really going to understand, well, wait a minute, if I want a billion people to use Bitcoin, holy crap, we're going to need eight gigabyte blocks every 10 minutes. The, and, the that, and that's like done on that, that several times, but yeah, no, I, mean, no, no, <laughs> I, I want, I want to make like a dynamic, a dynamic tool, slider, yeah. slider toolbar that, that essentially would make people really understand, okay, what do we want Bitcoin to be? And then really understand, okay. We might have to wait for Moore's Law because I think right now uh, we're ahead of Moore's Law a little bit. Moore's, Moore's Law is breaking down. It's, uh, it's well, I mean, Moore's, Moore's Law is a very specific thing. It's, it's about the number of transistors. Right. So goes, every, doubling every 18 to 24 months. It's the but, power law distribution, well, right? I, I just yeah. think the popularity is what I'm trying to say of Bitcoin potentially could be higher right now than than what's easily accommodatable well, as far as having everything persisted on so every single node, I, is I'm, what I'm saying. I'm all for getting into a block size debate, which is where this seems like it's going. But, I mean, do we want to no, talk about no. that or do we want to finish the... Wait a minute, so, what, what, what were we talking can, about? Maybe we can, I was talking about my paper. We're I talking, you were we, well, we were talking no. about the... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah, even yeah, get finish. to the, the, the crux of it. We, oh, we, we simplified so, the thesis a bit and then we started talking about adoption, right? Yeah, well, so, okay. So, so well, I mean, because I have to walk through the entire... I have to walk through... The thesis, and I've thesis. covered I've covered the uh, S curve, right? So before you go deeper, so well, feel free to table this question until later, right? It may be it may, it's rhetorical, I guess. The 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 adop the adoption piece. Have you guys uh, have you read a, uh, the book Crossing the Chasm uh, mm -hmm. by Jeffrey Moore? I've heard of it, have not read. So the basic idea is that within the diffusion of innovations, within the you know technology adoption life cycle, right? We we look at the you know, innovators, early mm -hmm. adopters, late, you know, early and late majority yep. laggards, right? Between the innovators and the, the, the chasm, yeah, yeah there's I've, this chasm. Mm -hmm. So, like, what are the? Does that apply? I mean, obviously, it, apply, it applies to any innovation, right? What are, it's do, hard do, to do see where we're at the, right now. Do you take the chasm into consideration in your in your thesis? Not really, no. Um, Why not? Honestly, I haven't seen evidence of it either. Either we haven't run into it yet. Or um, it doesn't exist for this, one or the other. Well, wouldn't the chasm be anything that, that, that keeps 
crypto from happening the way that your thesis imagines it imagines that well, it will. I mean, but that's the thing is, is you're talking about crypto. I mean, the, 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 the whole thesis is, is hingent upon the fact it already operates under the assumption it's going to be adopted universally. So there is no chasm. So, it, so and, and you're saying it's between innovators and early adopters. That all depends on what you're talking about as the total adoption. So is the total adoption, and that goes back to the point that Tidwell was talking about earlier, is the total adoption more of a smaller set of people that use it for like a digital gold and it becomes very, very valuable to a small amount of people and that's the total number of adoption? If so, we're, we're well on our way. Uh, versus is, is it a worldwide where everybody uses it? And if that's the case, we're very, 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 very early. You know, So, so we wouldn't have even run into a chasm yet. But no, I, I haven't taken any of that into consideration because I haven't seen any evidence of it. Yes. Someone asked, what is the metric that this curve is being plotted for? The metric? Uh, I'm actually uh, basically using the price as a proxy for adoption in general uh, because it's, it's a static. So with Bitcoin, it's pretty easy, right? Because Bitcoin, you have a static or a set supply. It's not static, but it's set. It's a, it's a scheduled emission. So the only variable is demand. So that that is what we're looking at, right? So if you if you see the price go up, that's demand increasing. We we should we should charge one millibit per question. Make a little bit of scratch on this. Okay. Podcast. Scratch. That's what Siebert does. Yeah, I know. No, no, dude. He's he's dude. worse. He's like he's like, no, I need ten before Crypto. I answer a question. I need ten. Just throw it in the but fund. We do we do want to promote organic growth. We want to bring more people into this world. It, even if it means they go off to use Litecoin or some other alt currency or whatever, it, it, that's During fine classic. with me. Uh, but what I want to do is is get people free of the shackles of this fiat currency world that we we that a lot of people think that they have to exist in. Right? I don't want to be too phil, you know philosophical and emo with you guys, but the point is know. is that. <laughs> The point is that the point of us doing this is we have ideals on what this thing can do for humanity. And, um, you know, if, if Bitcoin is the only example people get uh, subjected to and they see that fees are like five bucks or whatever, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a problem there, right? It's going to be a problem of, of marketing and whatnot. So, so can, can I ask? What what is your personal thoughts on how many people should be using Bitcoin right now versus in the future, and what block size should be? Uh, and and granted, you can talk about Lightning Network in the future if you want, but I, I'm just yeah, curious. I mean, I mean, I, I gotta say that I I came out when Segwit was sort of uh, on the roadmap. I was really not a true believer in it, and I was kind of like, well, this you know this isn't what Bitcoin was supposed to be, and I thought, but I changed my mind. I, like over time. I looked at SegWit and said, "Yes, we need to scale this thing um, into a layer two, like into you know into a IP stack, like TCP/IP is on top of IP and that kind of thing." And I think that that's that's good engineering. That's the best engineering I can come up with. And uh, not that I came and up with it, I'm just saying that that we have examples of how things worked in the past, and people are trying to replicate that, and that that's to be admired. Now, if someone comes out and says, no, we should scale it this way and they have a better idea, then that's the marketplace of ideas and we should do that. But right now, SegWit is the very best technology that uh, the Bitcoin community has come up with. And, um, you know, kicking the can down the road and making blocks 4 meg and 8 meg is fine, but we all have to be on intellectually honest with ourselves and say it's only, it's only a temporary approach. We need, we need to get Lightning Network or some kind of side chain out there. And if it... You know that that's what I believe. I think, you know, you know that's controversial. I know that, but uh, you know, 
That's my thought. Well, you, you kind of sound like you're right in the middle. Yeah, of the road you, you, with, you, you with sound everything. like a kind of like kind of yeah in the middle. You're, you're moderate. I mean, you, you sound like you you just sound rational. Like you yeah. sound like <laughs> I just want you know whatever's going to work best. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned that you want to build a site possibly that has these sliders. Yeah, and that's an awesome idea. And I was thinking you could map those five or six things that you were talking about onto the five Bitcoin constituencies, right? That that Andreas Antonopoulos always talks about. Because what, what um, are those five things? It's uh, the five uh, constituencies of Bitcoin it are the miners, um, users. the users, the web wallets, the merchant processors, and I am spacing on the fifth one. But okay. uh, you get the you get the idea of the uh, flavor of those guys, right? So um, right now, I think that there is a there's a major problem because there are a couple of constituencies that are like guys. Uh, I, we don't care what you do. You need to do something because uh, we're hurting our organic growth patterns and, uh, you know, paying, uh, you know, this amount of fees is you just take a look at what these guys have to go through, right? We had a big BTM uh, meetup the other day. That we and got no sound for. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, actually. I have that uh, on the, the notes to talk serious? about for sure. No sound? None. Oh, well, I, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Wow. And um, what I'm saying is that there's at least a couple of these constituencies that are going to take a, a serious hit, and they are not going to be uh, going out there and telling their friends and driving people to the technology that they have to um, say, oh, yeah, but you know, you know, the, remember that promise I told you of low transaction fees or maybe no transaction fees in the past? Well, yeah, that's not the case anymore. In fact, you're going to pay more than you would for paying for Visa. So if you're in the first world, there's no reason to use Bitcoin uh, beyond, you know, there's other reasons, of course, but uh, there, there's a big selling point that you no longer have for Bitcoin. So, but I've always, I've always had this problem with it is, yeah, no, I agree. We absolutely need, you know, a form of segregated witness, definitely. Um, and we need transaction malleability solved. And we need off-chain transactions, and we need, you know, uh, side chains, drive chains, whatever you want. I mean, we need all of that. I think, I, I just happen to be of the opinion that we, we also need to increase the bandwidth of the block size larger than it is now, and, and preferably to some sort of dynamic cap, personally, because I think, I think we need to have choice whether or not to use those, those facilities. You know, it, it needs to be a market-driven thing. Uh, right, right now, as if say we we leave a static one or two, um, it, it it forces everybody onto those other channels. And it, do we want to do that, or do we want to be a market solution? Um, so you're you just or saying a uh, hard fork for Segwit? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like my ideal. This is just my yeah. ideal. I, I would like to see a cleaner implementation of Segwit well, the, as a hard fork. That that's fine. That, that's Segwit? ideal. Segwit. Yeah, what's Segwit? Oh. Uh, Segwit Go stands for, for segregated witness. Yeah, you can. Yeah, we should explain uh, it. As well. So, yeah. so this is part of the reason why we we wanted to have Cipher, the first place, Randy. Crypto King, on um, <laughs> was because he asked. You know, he reminds us. Uh, you know, not everybody knows because he's 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 kind of a newbie to the space. But yeah. not everybody knows all of these these things that we've been talking about for the last like three years. So Segwit is stands for segregated witness, and and the current incarnation of it is a soft fork. That's being advocated by the core team, right? Uh, it was written by Peter Wooler. Wooler, mm -hmm. yeah. Peter Wooler. Peter Wooler, phenomenally smart guy. Like he, he, yeah, he, he's a very, very smart guy. But 
Luke Luke Dash Jr. Um, he figured out a way to implement it because before they they thought you can do it because you can only implement it as a hard fork and core in general is is opposed to hard forks for a lot of different reasons. But um, so so they they figured out how to do it as a soft fork and. and so they, they went ahead and they packaged it up because it's actually a very kind of complex piece of code they did. Because what they, what they ended up having to do was they had to create um, – uh, anyone can spend transactions in order to keep it backwards compatible with the old clients because that's what a soft fork is. It's backward compatible. So you can continue to run the old client and it won't affect you. You just won't get any of the new features. So what they do is they, they make the transactions. The old client sees it as anyone can spend transaction. And the new client sees it and it marks it as a SegWit transaction. What they do is they, uh, they have the transaction uh, actual blockchain, because the blockchain is purely transactions. Their segregated witness literally segregates the witness into another portion. So right now you have a static one megabyte block size, because that's as big as it goes. Well, if you take the witness and you segregate it out and have the blockchain over here, the witness data over here, then that can stay one megabyte. But you end up over here with, you know, you can have much more room. But actually, but that's not the purpose of SegWit. SegWit's purpose is not to be a block size increase. SegWit's actual purpose is to solve transaction malleability, which is a huge problem. Because if you have transaction malleability, then uh, what, what, what that is, is you can send out a transaction and sign it. And then you can actually change the signature. So you change the hash of the transaction. You change just little things that don't matter in it. So it results in a, in a different hash. So it fools some programs into thinking, hey, that's a different transaction when it's not. So that, that create, causes all sorts of havoc. So you want one transaction to be defined as that transaction, which enables all this awesome tier two stuff. So SegWit, is, is, it's, it's definitely needed, and it's definitely awesome. And I think everybody agrees on that. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who just doesn't want that, right? <laughs> well, uh, I think the detractors say that it hasn't been fully tested, and they're absolutely correct on that. And uh, you told me the other day when we, we were chatting that it's sort of a tautological argument. Is that how you say it? Yeah, tautological, yeah. And in that, you can't test it unless you actually put it out, and you can't put it out until you test it kind of thing. And uh, you know, people say, well, we tested it on testnet. And it's like, okay, that's not, that's not a real test per se. You know, we can argue about the, te the details about that, but until the thing actually can you Can functions, you talk about that for a little bit? Why is testnet so inferior to test uh, some of these things? Well, because it's it's too unpredictable. It doesn't mimic the real. Uh, it doesn't mimic real, real world net, real, right? real world conditions. Okay, right. So why not? Like are well, you're just talking about load transaction load. Yeah, or? the 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 transaction volume is is a is a tiny fraction of what LiveNet has, and there's just weird crap running all over the place in there that is not representative of what's happening on LiveNet because test turns out people test things on TestNet, and they're testing other things in TestNet that has nothing to do with uh, SegWit. And um, so it's not it's not a good platform to test it. And that, but the main reason is that testnet is doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the bug bounty, right? The bug bounty of of, uh, yeah. of Bitcoin, of course, is the is the market cap of Bitcoin. And uh, since testnet doesn't have any uh, insurance, it doesn't have any value. Uh, you can't. You know, you shouldn't anyway tra be trading testnet coins on exchanges and whatnot. Although people have tried in the past, and that's why there's a testnet three. Uh, you have to, uh, you know, there's no there's no stakes there, right? If something is there, like it, say you have a zero day, say you find something wrong with testnet and it's running 
say you ha find something wrong with SegWit in testnet mode, you have no uh, motivation to go, hey guys, like if you're if you're not if you're a nefarious person, uh, you would just wait. Yeah, it's an exploit just wait till at it that goes point. To LiveNet <laughs> and exploit it there, right? Yeah. Now you could be a, a genuine person and and let people know, but you know you have to assume that people might just wait uh, until it gets into LiveNet. What were we talking about before we hit SegWit that you're talking about? Uh, my paper after that. Uh, block size. Are we officially done talking about your paper? No, I mean, well, it's a bit, talking it's about Mark Casey's paper. I want to talk about Mark Casey's. Oh paper. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Let's 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 finish well, that I mean, subject I mean, before I, we I, go I on go to through, other things. I go long. through the high level. Um, geez, where was I on it? Uh, well, S curve of technological adoption. Well, I was just going to say I wanted to finish that up before we moved on to other subjects. I just want to clear little, that little up. Late uh, now, right? <laughs> oh, you're done? No, I mean, like we moved on to another subject for like. I never no, that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to come back to it in case you. It's always about size with Tidwell. Well, what are people? What are you interested? What are you guys interested in in terms of today's Bitcoin or altcoin? What do you what? Like, do you, what do I want to talk do you about? Think about when you oh. think about these things. Mike Casey's paper. <laughs> I do. I think about that. <laughs> okay. Are you wait? Are, rephrase your question. I'm fighting for you, bro. No, no. no. I mean, <laughs> so what's interesting to me is this this debate we're having about where how should Bitcoin scale, and I realize that's a that's a topic that has been debated ad, ad nauseum and stuff like that. So I don't want to. But it's not resolved. Go into it if, I, if, see, if people don't yeah. want to talk about. Stuff no, no, like I, I'm perfectly comfortable talking about it. I just, I mean, Does to your me, paper talk about to it. Me, um, no, I, okay. I specifically do not. <laughs> to, to, to me, I don't feel like people understand how large blocks truly need to be in order for people to have block a minimum size. Amount. Does not matter, Mike Tidwell. Okay, go on. Just Maybe wanted to say that you're you're always about talking about size. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> okay, so size, so so that's what the women tell you. Size doesn't matter, and it makes you feel okay. I think that's what they told you. Now that uh, makes me feel better. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, all I was going to say was awkward. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's my biggest thing. People don't understand. Like, if you want the minimum amount of transactions per year for one for one person. Just to clear out and end of the uh, sorry to uh, what what's the term like uh, when you clear out a lightning channel uh yeah, close the payment channel close it yeah just you oh oh you're talking about settlement 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 yeah. so when you when you settle uh, channels how many times a year should someone be able to settle out uh, a channel because that's really going to be like ultimately end up being your well this is how I envision it at least and this is my my point of view I see Bitcoin scaling where a lot of people are connected to hub and spoke type uh, models of Lightning Network, where you you essentially are you, you really only need to subscribe and and have like one uh, settlement to a, to a Lightning Channel network to really be connected to a lot of people that you're going to actually end up doing business with, and then you'll have these separate small mesh Lightning Network uh, channels that are very inclusive of like maybe ten people or less, where it's going to be. They uh, for some reason they 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 want to have that. I don't know if that'll increase privacy. I, I'm not sure, but um, that that's how I kind of see it going. Where where you're going to have like a long tail of people that are, are probably only going to end up doing a couple transactions per year, and then you're going to have a couple people doing tons of settlements per year. And I really see it as like how many transactions are you doing per year versus how many you're doing per day. And then even with that being said, the math that I've kind of come up with is eight gigabyte blocks 
and you're only like a couple transactions per year per person if there's a billion people using Bitcoin. Now, I don't know what year that is, but granted, let's say, you know, hard drives and SDs or whatever are really cheap and maybe storage isn't a big deal. I don't know. But well, I mean, let, let's be honest. Like right now, if you're an average American, I mean, this isn't global worldwide, but you could totally afford eight gigabyte blocks like right now if you wanted to go out and buy equipment. It would be expensive, but you could do it. I mean, you could run a node. I mean, you get, you get higher than that right now, it's going to be, you know, impossible with today's so, technology. I but, mean, but it exists right now. You have gigabit bandwidth in a lot of places. Well, that's that's fine, but that's a terabyte uh, a day, right? Yeah. So so you're, you're significantly increasing the the cost of someone who's relaying. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, just, I'm just talking about feasibility. Oh, right? no. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's possible, but your, your casual uh, yeah. person running a note at their house, they're probably not going to end up doing it. Well, just yeah. Just one, of the, one of the people just made a comment. It's not just about running a node. What do you, what do you think they meant there? It's not just about running a node? Oh, that was oh, the comment. Okay. Oh, you're talking about Autica? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Okay, Sir Autica, can you uh, please elaborate? Bitcoin Airlog says it's not uh, just it's Bitcoin about Airlog. running a node. It's John. Okay. If you have to run Bitcoin for customers as a business, eight gigabyte is a big difference. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, not, you, like you were saying, the exponential thing—it's not a linear. You don't go from one megabyte and linear scale to eight gig, right? You. Oh no, no. Well, I'm this, talking. I'm talking uh, like down the road. Granted, this is for a billion people, right? I mean, right. honestly, how many people are using Bitcoin? Oh, you're right making now? the argument about no. Like, eventually, yeah. if you want a billion people, maximum usage of no, no, throughput. I'm, or whatever yeah, I'm saying, saying. I, I say, I'm, I'm guesstimating a billion people will ever use Bitcoin. Right. I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Like at one time, you'll have one billion people that want to have Bitcoin. For what? Wait, wait. What do you mean? Have purpose? Bitcoin or transact in Bitcoin? Yeah, are they transacting? Are they using it as an asset either. store? Like, what are they doing? Well, no, no. I mean, if 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 one billion people hold Bitcoin and they make zero transactions, then you don't need anything. Okay. Uh, first of no, all, that's you not, don't that's buy. Not what I said. You don't well, buy Bitcoin to never make a transaction. The point of buying Bitcoin is so that one day, uh, you can pay for stuff with Bitcoin, right? Right. Like, you, unless you unless you're like, hey, I'm gonna leave this to my heirs, and then I'm gonna make sure they leave it to their heirs. But eventually. Down the line, you, somebody's got to liquidate, right? That's the point of having wealth, I suppose. So, well, I mean, I was actually dissecting this with one of our friends at the meetup. Um, with who? Or James. anonymous. Oh. <laughs> James. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway. You uh, can remember not to use his name. Well, he's he's a stickler, but Yeah, that is different. You're, you're on anyway. the show. I need to smack you in the face. You're to get on you. the show. doesn't matter. You could have chose not to be on the show if you didn't. If you want to, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, we, we, we were talking about it, and it was funny because like another of the subjects that we had our, our meetup on is, is a guy working here, Jason Dreisner at BitPay, gave a fantastic talk on on his version of BitAuth, BitAuth 2017, which it's uh, which was which was uh, January's meetup. Man, we're mm-hmm. really far behind as far as our podcasts go. Yeah, we, we, we haven't, haven't been doing these yet, at all. Chris. So yeah, we need to have Jason on, but um, but but okay. So it's uh, if anybody wants to read about it, it's bitauth.json or bitjson b i t j s o n dot com is his and, and the presentation sitting there. And so if, if you, you if you Google uh, the Atlanta blockchain tab bitauth oh, yeah. uh, twenty seventeen, you can actually find this two hour long video explaining bitauth. He doesn't link to that really. You would think he would. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, regardless, I mean, I'm just saying you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so, so he's a he's a somebody that you don't hear from. Like he, a lot of these p- 
people uh, around, especially BitPay, they don't stick their heads up out of, out of the ground very much. They they kind of get to work and do stuff. It's it's rare for people like Jason to, to talk about stuff like that. So it's interesting. So if you have him on, I'll definitely be listening. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to get him on at some point to talk about it because it's really a fascinating concept. Um, but but I, I was talking with our friend about this and um, and and because he he his position was um, you know you you can't uh, you can't increase block size over X because you know it gives. Uh, uh, um, miners uh, uh, gives larger miners an advantage. Yeah, and I was like, well, okay, yeah. So, so let's game that out. So, uh, why does it give larger miners a, an advantage? Well, because you have to propagate these blocks, right? You, you that's necessary to do. Now, there's things called See, SPV mining. I love having Chris on. There's a thing called SPV mining, mm-hmm. which which the it's majority bad. of miners do, and that leads to. That could lead to problems on the network, as we know. That's you. You, you can't. You will see a lot of times like amp. Ant miner will have a lot of zero. You know. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's, zero, that's that's not SPV. Uh, that's headless, headless mining, right? Heads, he, yeah. Headless yeah, mining. So what they do yeah. is they is they just uh, grab the header without the transactions, then they immediately start mining on that. And if until they, find, they can verify the block, yes. Yeah, and if they find the block, so be it. They just tra- they just broadcast the block without any transactions. Uh, the, obviously, the part of the problem with that is that if uh, any of those tra- if they do have transactions in there, if any of those transactions aren't valid, yeah, if they were from in the previous the last block, block if, in yeah. the previous block, yeah, they that block would be their block would be rejected. Now, we've uh, people like Adam Back have gone to China and well. Okay, I'll just say that he's gone to China and he's asked, "Why do you do this? Like, if you're taking you're taking a huge risk of rational. doing SPV mining," and their answer is, "It's worth it. It's worth it to not get a block, uh, you know, not to not take have an invalid block I'm every okay once with in a while." That. That's the that's the price well, of the game. I'm, I, no, I'm I think, okay with that too. I, I kind of take the Chris DeRose approach where you can't ever be benevolent if you want this kind of stuff to work. You just have to let people do what's most economically. Uh, well, I mean, it's it, people are rational, sense. especially miners, because they have a profit motive. They have a rather severe profit motive, so they're they're going to do what makes them the most money. And and honestly, right. you know, if 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 it was majority transaction fees, then yeah, they they would. But it's not. The majority comes from the subsidy. So yeah, well, I mean, and it's also interesting to think about when people say, uh, you know, when the coin base starts to go really low and people are going to have to rely on the fees. Well, I bet you they'll stop doing that when it's not economically it makes sense. Oh, and that, damn, then you skippy. go. But, but yeah. we're, we're, we're a couple of years away yeah. from that yet. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, people discount the fact that people may, there's companies that may mine at a loss, at a great loss uh, in the future because they have uh, digital assets tied to the blockchain. And if you, ha- that's a cost of securing the blockchain, right? Say like, say your mortgage is, is in the blockchain somehow. Maybe it's a two-way peg into the blockchain or some other kind of, digital asset in the, in the blockchain or related to it. And you have, uh, you as a mortgage company or as a, as a, an actor, you might, you might just set up a mining pool to make sure that your records have that additional security and you just pay to mine. Now that's, that sounds kind of weird, but that's not out of the realm of possibility, especially when, uh, you have big organizations that, that pay uh, huge fees for other things that are in the same ballpark and if the, if they get to disintermediate some of their partners, like uh, you know some of their middlemen, that's not out of the realm of possibility. They go, okay, well we traded uh, paying five percent to these guys to paying five percent of our revenue, to, you know, or whatever it is to 
you know, setting up a data center with some miners in it. Yeah. So let's let's get back to what we were saying before. So so how does that give so head headers first miner headers only mining? How does that give uh, large miners an advantage over smaller miners? Well, obviously they can um, if they can game the system by sending <laughs> if if a big miner knows that they're going to you know statistically that the next block will you know go to another miner they could possibly give them a uh, block with a bad transaction in it. You know, with an invalid transaction. Um, so, so what do you mean? Propagate a block? I mean, with an invalid transaction? So, so what, what are you saying? They mine like two a decoy. blocks. Like yeah. a decoy I mean, there's a, there's a lot of game. There's a lot I, of game theory in it. It's not. I don't know. So, I, I so yeah. I've always been confused by these arguments because, yeah. like, to me, that sounds like a waste of hash power to create a a, a valid block with an invalid transaction in it. Because you you yeah. know, yeah, aren't that you sounds, better that off super. <laughs> aren't you better off just productive devoting yeah, your hash power to solving um, a block? You know, yeah, it's. It's not very. I don't know. Like even now, like they they don't with compact blocks. You know, you guys heard about. See, that? that's the thing. So, so, you're, so you're talking about the thin the, blocks. The thin blocks, compact yeah. blocks. There are two different ways to do Epi this. Epicenter was talking the same about this. Thing. Right. But yeah, this is so. This is the thing because because the argument about that always always usually hinges upon the Great Firewall of China, and if the blocks don't propagate quick enough. Then they just share them amongst themselves, and they do that. They right, have right, right. They, channels, they do yeah. that. They have internal channels. But but I mean, with technologies like compact blocks, that becomes much less of an issue, right? right. So that argument's kind of dulled. You know what I mean? Um, so so there's. I want to ask a question about those private channels between miners. Now, is that almost kind of like collusion to some extent, or can any pool kind of get into that channel of really quick uh, propagation? Is that like they're setting up private tunnels to each other or something? Yeah, but but mainly because of the Great Firewall of China. Like mainly okay. because they they need to have uh, they need to have a VPN channel set up between themselves. So if they if they already have that, then there really shouldn't be propagation issues through the wall. If they no, have a we're not talking. But we're not right? talking about. Uh, a guy in Shanghai and a guy in another large city, right? Or Beijing, you know, we're talking about people in Tibet that are mining with hydropower that have like literally like an ISDN connection. Right? I don't know what ISDN. It's, it's old. Yeah, it's before your time. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, it's 96 K, right? 128 kilobits per yeah. second. Yeah, 128 it's, K. It's like they, they cannot deal <laughs> They cannot deal with these large blocks. But that's not that shouldn't be. I'm not they, they defending. Could, they could buy like well, a, yeah, but I mean, like compact mobile. blocks. It's less of an issue. I mean, it's it's for that size of a connection, still a minor issue, but it's not as big a one. Especially you know once it's inside the firewall, the the biggest hurdle is hopping the firewall, right? Right. But yeah. I think the main thing that I've heard people say about increasing block size is that you'll eventually you'll uh, you'll make mining almost impossible for just people the hydropower basements. people that have 128 kb connection you'll make it impossible for them see no, yeah. You, well, yeah but i don't care about those uh, i don't, yeah, see, well, I don't care thing. about those people well, i care no. about people like the people like uh you know the, the kid who's 17 years old in the basement and he wants to set up a full node like well he's a full node's out, different you, than a minor yeah okay so that's the well we, I, we, so there's I two know. arguments full node and there's minor minor's yeah. one and we just went over that yeah, yeah. yeah and to me i will just say this uh, other than attacks that cause collusion you know because of the situation like the great firewall if you get around those which to me and then correct me if i'm wrong you know th thin blocks or compact blocks they they seem to alleviate those issues for all but enormous block sizes can you comment on the thin block uh stuff that I, I don't really know much about it. Maybe you can help educate 
Okay, Plus well, uh, so every full node, which includes these miners, miners are also full nodes, right? Yep. And you know, I realize there's a thing called a mining pool. We'll just consider everybody a, an individual miner. Okay. Uh, they have they have a mempool in a full node, right? So they have they have transactions that they're mining, uh, that they're bl mining blocks for, right? So they mine the block, they uh, include the transactions, and uh, in that block. So there's no need to when you find a block to broadcast uh, that block's header and all the transactions in there if all the other full nodes already have a mempool with transactions in there, right? So the point is is that you can just block you can just send people what they don't have, right? And obviously one thing they're not gonna have is the coinbase transaction, right? Because that's the one that you found doesn't have any inputs. And it has the output only to you. That's one half to send. So that's not too much. It's only 120, less than 200 bytes. So um, that's the idea of these compact boxes that you have the ability to send people only what they need. So it's basically metadata. It's sending the metadata of the block rather than the block itself. Yeah, the block header, which includes the Merkle yeah. tree. What's the disadvantage of that? Uh, well, if you don't have any transactions, then you just have to get the whole block anyway. So, so, so like the the disadvantage of that is if you rely on that and only that, then you know if you have a a transaction that hasn't propagated to your end of the network, then you're stuck, you know. But you know, it's better to have that and then see if it works rather than doing headless mining because then you can take the fees. If you have all of them, then you can immediately start, you know, mining. Right. With, uh, on a full block instead of an empty one. That's why we have all these empty blocks. That's that's the... Uh, well, recently, we haven't had that many as far as ratio goes. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think they're, yeah. that's because I of the advent the of... It's very well, advantageous of them. Well, no, 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 because yeah. they, they, they will start... You know, they, I mean, if, if they don't have it, they will start mining because you have two choices. If you don't have a block to mine off of, you can either mine off the header and include no transactions... Well, there's three choices, really. Well, mine off the header include no transactions is one. That's that's a rational choice. The other one is shut down your equipment and stop wasting electricity. And, and the third Sounds choice dangerous is, for a 10-minute interval. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's some that have actually tried that from what I've read. But it is it's it is kind of silly. But, I mean, and the third option is to go ahead and try it and hope you don't have an invalid transaction in there and that's just that's risky that's just dumb I, who would do that who would who would gamble the coinbase you know yeah i don't i don't know uh what their game theory is but i do know that a lot of these miners are using bitcoin d bitcoin core and depending on what their theory you know what their uh, proclivities are their attitude toward uh the segwit debate uh, they use Bitcoin D and Bitcoin. You can go read Bitcoin D source code and figure out how these blocks are mined and what the what their uh, logic is, and um, you can use that to your advantage. So if you uh, if you really want to get a transaction through at a cheaper rate, um, you can read the code and you know what it takes to get them to swap uh, midstream your transaction for one that they're already mining against. If that makes any sense. So I sent uh, you. Uh, detailed explanation of that a while ago, but um, when you mine a block, uh, I didn't look at it. When you mine a block, too technical, if you're using probably. a stratum a protocol, which a lot of these miners do, they send all their miner, they send all their hash hashing power, uh, the block header, uh, but they don't send the transactions. They they don't. So one of the one of their miners is going to find the solution. They're going to find the block hash, right? And um, when they do, they broadcast that back to the mining pool operator who then uh, 
grabs the transactions. But in the in any time during that 10 minutes or however long it takes to find it, um, the transactions are, are listed in the mining pool operator can get swapped out. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it is it makes everybody in the mining pool just stop what they're doing and start mining on a new block header. So that's that's the theory behind like you know game theory about hey how do I get the how do I get something swapped out in a miner's uh, workload? I mean that's interesting. So so we we've meandered around a little bit, but but uh, uh, so we were talking about how the propagation right it, it can affect. So 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 I'm just talking about arguments against bigger blocks in general, like because one of the arguments that I hear is propagation time of blocks if you make a lot block is too large there's another one i hear a lot uh about quadratic uh yeah. quadratic uh transactions and and that is the the number of signatures in a transaction uh when it goes to validate at least a certain type of transaction i don't know if it's every transaction but a certain type of transaction the uh it can be made you can craft one such that it scales quadratically to actually verify the signatures and in doing so you can create a block that you know takes 10 minutes to to validate and, you know, in, in theory, as an attack. Uh, and I think somebody actually did this a while ago. They actually created a block full of these. And it, it took like 40 minutes for the network to be able to validate it. Uh, missed a couple of blocks there. But, I mean, so, so that's one thing. Uh, are you familiar with this tech? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, every signature on the blockchain is always between 70 and 72 bytes long. And it's a elliptic curve uh, digital signature algorithm that, that you have to go through to do this. And it's fairly... Uh, a fairly comp use, comp CPU intensive to do that. It's not, it's not nearly as straightforward as other operations on the, on the verification process, right? So, you yeah, you can't like Mike said, you can craft a transaction that, uh, you know, the script is such that it can meander through and have to do a lot of computation, and um, di- digital signature verification and really load even commodity PCs down. Um, and so that you, that's an attack that can be made. Now you can, we can do things to subject, you know, to base, basically make sure that they don't process what's termed as non-standard transactions. Um, and did you have like a standard pay to script task transaction, which is just simply linear. Like you, you, you just have to verify two of three, you know, two signatures, yeah. uh, you know, two of three wall or something like that. Or if it's a pay to pub key hash, which is almost by far the most common type of transaction on the network. That's just one. That's just one verification of of one signature per input. So that's you know generating that seventy two bytes and, and all that. So, well, I, I know uh, what they do on the the BU side of it uh, is uh, I think it's it's point one megabyte. They limit the total transaction size to you cannot make a transaction that is larger than point one megabytes, which is a right. pretty significant size transaction. That's got a lot of inputs and outputs. And even, you know, I know Core, like, uh, one of the guys at our meetup, um, he <laughs> he was, uh, you know, the, that guy, uh, the miner guy, he had a, 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 a transaction that had, because uh, he, he somehow got, like, millibit inputs uh, for, you know, one to four millibits over the course of, like, a year. And he was trying to trying to sell that transaction. And, you know, and he tried to do it in one transaction. And, and you know, and he was asking us about it on the Slack. And we're yeah. like, dude, it's like, uh, no, don't do it. It's too large. It's too large. That's not going to go through. <laughs> yeah, you're getting up to the 100 KB size, uh, a 1,000 bytes, then you're, um, 
you're running into people not propagating that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I didn't understand that quadratic uh, signature uh, CPU attack kind of deal. Is that right. is that I can craft these transactions and then miners now can choose if they want to mine them? or No, every, no. everybody in the network has to verify every single transaction. If you're a full node, uh, you have to verify every transaction that you get, right? That's the, that's the, that's the promise so, so of being So a miner right? mines this. A no, miner no, mines saying, this, and then everybody else has to verify no, it. So, I, what I'm saying is it seems like if someone – it seems like someone would purposely do this to, to purposely make like a really weird intensive CPU block. That's that's what I kind of caught. Yep. And then yeah. wouldn't if, – if you saw that, it would need a – I guess uh, it would need more fees, or does it take up more space no. or less space? No, it so, takes up bandwidth, uh, CPU power. So, so would would possibly miners not accept this in their block if they see a transaction crafted crafted this way? Yeah, because the rules right now, this is pre-segment now. So the rules right now are that this is from Satoshi, by the way. Um, the consensus rules are that the the maximum block size is one meg. You know that that's one mi one megabyte, which is one million bytes. It's not. It's not like mi bytes. It's not like ten twenty four. It's one. one it's megabyte. literally hard one million yeah. bytes. And, I didn't know and, that. And the um, the signature. There's also a consensus rule for this. The, the signature operations. The maximum signature operations a block can have is uh, divided by fifty. Yeah, fifty. So that's twenty thousand signature operations that can. That can take that that could take place. Any more than that, the block's invalid. So that that right now in Bitcoin, that's the rule. Now Mike was just talking about the uh, Bitcoin Unlimited. Rule well, yeah, because different. they they do away oh, with oh, that. Oh, you're talking about Bitcoin Unlimited. Yeah. Have that well, no, attack, no, no, no. So Bitcoin. no. Well, I mean, yeah. So so that's the theorized attack. So I'm oh, talking about why people. I'm, okay. I'm talking about all, yeah. all the arguments people always come up with against you know having right. bigger There's blocks. There's the bandwidth, which is okay. the, the ba- most important. I, I, I didn't one. catch that. I thought you meant that happened in Bitcoin. Okay. No, so no, no, Bitcoin no. Unlimited. Well, I mean, it it does it does. It's just negligible because well, it's, st- it's still quadratic, but you can only get so big because it makes it take longer but you can only get yeah. so big so it's but you pointless. said you can only have like 20 of those signatures you can only have 20,000 maximum signature or 20,000 right yeah so this this is the thing that i okay. see a lot of people get confused about because they, they they assume that um oh if you make if you make blocks bigger then you have a quadratic uh verification problem and the fact is it doesn't matter how big you make the blocks if you limit the transaction size is that correct i mean yeah, you can let you have to limit. You have to also you have to. This is what I did in my bit. They don't stack. To, you have to separate the signature operations consensus piece from the uh, block size because right now it's coupled to right. It's a function of right. Interesting. So okay. it's fifty. It's divided by fifty. That's what Satoshi just made. And he and I think the evidence points that he just made that because it's uh, uh, it's a simple like yeah round well, number of yeah, it's, you know he didn't he wasn't sense. envisioning that there'd be a problem with that. I don't think I'm speaking for him. Well, I mean, there's there. You're well, speaking like, for Satoshi here. You yeah. can't. I mean, as early as he made it, you can't imagine all of the problems that have cropped up in edge cases. That you know, right. uh, yeah. But I, I don't, I don't buy the whole signature operations thing. The vast majority of the problem is the bandwidth, the network bandwidth. But of course, yeah. that'll that'll subside over time. So, as so get better. There are three things. One is network bandwidth, and uh, two is the quadratic, and then the third one is is storage space. Right. Right. That's typically. So, so the quadratic actually those are the three fundamentals because you have bandwidth, uh, processing power, <laughs> and storage. So it's like it's always the three. 
right. And uh, we can build ASICs for the for the CPU thing. Yeah. You know, for the. Mm -hmm. and ha we can has build anyone done that? Drives. What's it? Has anyone done that? Yeah, there's EC ECDSA ASICs. I've never seen any. Yeah, uh, yeah. And matter of fact, like there's okay, so there's a little bit of story here too. Who, um, who uses? Do mining pools use those? No, the main people that use uh, uh, elliptic curve uh, ASIC chips are actually people like Cloudflare and Google and stuff like that because they actually oh yeah because yeah they use uh, for their for their certificates they use a uh, uh, elliptic curve a lot of the time. Now the story I was going to bring up is that they're losing it less and less because some patent troll out there, some asshole, is like saying they have a patent on using elliptic curve cryptography, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so a lot of these bigger companies are like, okay, we're just, we'll just swap it out for RSA again. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, what the? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, so they use uh, ECDSA, uh, well, e elliptic curve in general, ASIC chips. So, so does that mean Bitcoin's going to get sued? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and sue Bitcoin. And that's we'll again, see how that works out. So that's where we should be censorship proof, right? So just a little little aside, a little PSA, because you mentioned Cloudflare. Uh, that uh, it, has everybody heard about the uh, the leak, the Cloudflare leaking data? Mike, I haven't heard about the leak. Really? Can you tell me, please? Randy, have you heard about it? I have not. You, okay. you being a DevOps person, you haven't heard about yeah, it? Yeah, seri seriously, this is like I haven't heard deal. of it, Mike. Can you please tell me? Oh, shut up. All right. Um, so basically, Cloudflare has had an open vulnerability that has uh, allowed people to exploit for HTTPS sessions. And uh, pretty much anybody who uses Cloudflare could have been exploited. So and, and not only this, this is the sketchy part. It's, it's, it's in the last few months. If you have changed your password on any site that uses Cloudflare, your password could be compromised. Not only that, if you have changed your two-factor auth token, that could be compromised as well. Because yeah. it's it's you know just completely unshielded, so uh, you know I mean it's still a complex attack and you know you figure safety in numbers, but I wouldn't take the chance. <laughs> so, has that it's been patched? I hope. I mean, I'm assuming if they're telling well, people the to story, change. Well, yeah, we released a blog post about that today because uh, BitPay uh, is behind Cloudflare. Nice as well as there's a, there's four four point two billion. Yeah, everybody is sites behind Cloudflare. So anyway, if you uh, yeah, so good old Tavis Ormandy, he works for Google, and he he's just a he's just an extraordinary person finding these zero day things, and they've already done the remediation, uh, but they haven't actually done the post mortem, so we don't know the details. We just know that there's some some memory that was leaked uh, when they did some when they did when they wrote out some stuff to, to memory. But Randy, you're taking off. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being on. Uh, I mean, Cypher. Cypher, uh, it's good good uh, for you to come by, for sure. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thanks, uh, Randy. Yeah. I'll tell you about the paper later. Thanks, guys. Uh, you're done with the paper. I'm not done with the paper. You're done. With, they can read anything more the Dude, about the paper. They can read on paper. I know. Next on block time. I didn't even Mike Casey and his paper. I didn't even get to the the Gartner hype cycles. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So yeah, so the Cloudflare thing. We don't. The the danger now is just what we don't know. So yeah, definitely. So the 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 nefarious thing is like what you just said about the uh, two factor authentication. Um, everybody should not be using anything SMS, right? You should be using at least a one time pad, which is what those uh, what Google Authenticator is. Yeah, it's a one. It's a, called the time based one time pad. And um, the reason you need to change out that is that 
SMS uh, is death. When when the site behind Cloudflare presented the t- the uh, uh, presented the the QR code to you, that was representing the uh, code for the one-time pad. That was done through Cloudflare, and it possibly could have leaked that to attackers. And so that's why you need to definitely change that out. Change out your passwords. Um, you need you need to go look at the list of people that are or firms that are behind Cloudflare. Um, so is this serious. just just for the PSA? Is this if you have used your one-time pass, or if you have set it up for the P- the one-time password? If if is it, are you in danger if it has been presented to you? If it has been presented to you, anytime that's like in the last everything. Six Everybody who has a P, you know. Everybody who has a one-time can password we, needs to change can we just it. Kinda, all like, you have to do is disable it and re-enable it. That's all you have to do. It's, right. It's just get a new get um, in, one time. Just yeah. get a new QR code. Yep. That's it. I, I, I want to talk about something random, if you don't mind. No. Go ahead. I want to talk about Hyperledger. Hyperledger? I don't know anything about What's this. Hyperledger? So over the last, like, well, I'll, I'll say this, not last, because we take so long between podcasts, but... Isn't it fabric I, now? Didn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I took about a, a week and I did maybe about an hour a day researching Hyperledger for, for, for a week. And I was on their Slack channel talking to their developers and everything. And I finally got to, in my opinion, really what Hyperledger is. Because I've always been really interested with Hyperledger. Especially since our what second or third meetup when Taylor Jeering wasn't able to explain what it was, <laughs> um, and, and 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 granted, it's changed a lot since that since you know ten months ago, but now now we're not even calling it Hyperledger, we're calling it fi- uh, Fabric, and they're 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 keeping the blockchain word with it, uh, unlike R three, who's just saying blockchain inspired or whatever. Yeah. The uh, hyper, uh, fabric is still saying that they're using a, a blockchain. blockchain, and their blockchain. Are you familiar with Kafka? No. So, are you familiar with a message broker such as RabbitMQ? Yeah. Okay, so Kafka is like I, I think the most popular, or probably the top one or two most popular message broker. And uh, if you don't know what a message broker is, it's you could just think of it. Uh, at least this is how I think of it: a horizontally scalable system that can. Uh, help uh, hold messages that you can produce to and consume from. Um, and whether you persist data on this, uh, you know, on, on this cluster of nodes is, is by implementation. Anyways, that is their blockchain, is their Kafka ledger, which if you don't know what Kafka is specifically, it's, it, it has a series of topics which are queues. So you, so I think every, or at least if you're in the IT computer science field, you know what a queue is, that data structure. Um, these topics are like special queues, and you can think of them as append-only queues. That's their, they're using a series of queues as their as their blockchain. A series essentially. of queues. It's a it's a series of tubes. <laughs> yeah, but um, so, but but it's it's interesting because at my job we use. Of uh, a, a type of Kafka, and and we consider it immutable, and we're not even hashing blocks to each other, or we're not even hashing uh, messages to each other, or anything like what they're doing, which is 
Well, you, you you consider it immutable, but you control the thing and can change. Oh no the no! Rules. I, whether whether yeah. it's really immutable or not, we 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 call it immutable. Right uh, right. For, well, our for your for your purposes, yeah. it is. But that's like that's the thing about a private blockchain is yeah, it's totally immutable as long as you don't change it. Well, <laughs> it's it's, like, <laughs> it's as mutable as as we want it. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's exactly as immutable. And, and as we you want, want it to be. to be immutable. So yeah. it's immutable but, until it's not. Well, yeah. So, so uh, well, I, that's I just the thought thing. you'd find that interesting. It's that, an IBM thing, right? Yeah. Uh, well, well, IBM like started it, but it's actually Linux Foundation, it's a, isn't well, it? Well, it's it's a it's a. I would say a lot of the core developers are working for IBM. Yeah. Well, they're, uh, they're heavily involved. I, I would say I would say this is almost an IBM project, but not really. So, well, see, and this is interesting because you hit on it a little bit. So, so it is technically a blockchain, but only because they hash the result of one message of the queue into the creation of the next one. But see, that's the thing is it's arbitrary because there's no proof of work. There's no proof of stake. There's no proof of anything. So you could, you know, you could ditch the entire queue and, and go ahead and recreate an entirely new history of it and then implement it. And that's, well, that's uh, essentially as long as not as, as essentially as long as not enough people are compromised, they'll get what they're trying to achieve. Right, but but, but well, that's it's, it's not a majority rule amongst a but consortium. But that's not necessarily you know? a blockchain, in my humble opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's what, majority rule. What, what do you think, Chris? What is your definition of a blockchain? Oh, do you, would you consider a, uh, a chain of blocks that are hashed a blockchain, for instance, or does it need? Yeah, proof where do you of draw work? the line? Well, yeah. I, well, first of all, I don't, I don't, I hate the word blockchain without the word the in front of it. I really okay. do. Like, I'm just, I'm all a stickler right. for that. Because there's really only one blockchain. Okay. It's just the blockchain, right? I realize there's altcoins and stuff. No, I, I like that because but, uh, your definition of blockchain is literally the the ledger behind Bitcoin. Yes, and the block. So when I hear things like what you explained about Hyperledger, it seems like a project that just needs funding. And there's a bunch of people that want to do some stuff, and they told their boss that they're doing a blockchain project so that they can get funding for whatever else they need to do. But it's got it's got new utility past that, unless there's something I don't know. They haven't explained about it. It's just it, these I mean, things. It's cool technology, but I yeah, mean, it's I don't not mind. an immutable ledger. <laughs> you know, I love uh, talking about particulars about RabbitMQ or these. You know, you talked about Kafka. Those things are, uh, you know, architecturally and computer science wise, they're very interesting. That it's probably what drove those people to work on those projects, and they need funding for that. And if it means they have to attach the zeitgeist word of blockchain to it so they can get the right funding from their managers at IBM, then so be it. But, you know, to take it seriously in the world that we run around in, it doesn't deserve any kind of uh, attention. And and not to be, if anyone actually knows a lot about uh, Fabric or once was Hyperledger, not uh, not to say it's not using other uh, things for data persistence, such as like CouchDB and stuff like that, uh, but the piece that they're considering a blockchain is the Kafka ledger, if you're uh, interested. Have uh, we, has anybody been saying anything on the Autica? Uh, doubt it. Nobody's no, one, no one's probably right listening to us. Oh, we have six viewers. Wow, that's a record. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, Bitcoin Uncensored, when they have uh, shows, they have like 50 or something, yeah. usually. Yeah. But, uh, I, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hater about things like this. It's just that they're, I it's like how he's all business. He jumps right back into it's, the It's not the subject. spirit of what we're trying to do here. <laughs> well, like, if you're going to be... That's why I use the word, like, the Bitcoin wizard, join us. Like, it's... This is... This is not a corporate thing, you know? I don't give a crap about if you're some company and you want to build a, some private blockchain. 
that's your business, but it's also my business not not to ever pay attention to you and ever use what you've got because I don't need to. Like it's it's not anything I care about. So did you did you read that article I forwarded you over? Uh, I forget what the guy's name is now. The one I was telling you that I wrote the response to last night. I I, I texted you last night. Yeah, it was immediate. Oh no, the other night right after the meetup. Was that that was. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, the whole, the yeah, whole yeah, trail. Yeah, you read that. Yeah, yeah and it makes me mad. And yeah, I <laughs> well, I mean, so, so, well, so in my response, I wrote because these is kind of like, and it's kind of goes to my definition of a blockchain. Isn't you know, it's not necessarily an actual literal technical description, but it's about about the characteristic that a blockchain actually embodies. And you know, the first one is is immutability. You know, and 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 something like that, a consortium blockchain cannot truly be said to be immutable, right? Um, and then you have, uh, I know, I know the BU guys go on and on about it. But they say it's the only one. I don't, I don't think it's the only one. They say censorship resistance is the only one. So I think immutability is probably key a number one, and censorship resistance is probably number two. Um, and I forget what the other ones are. Oh, you know, like like the ability to force characteristics of the system, like like the the limit. Like the 21 million Bitcoin limit, that's that's a huge, huge advantage, but only if you use Bitcoin or a tier two system that's directly built on top of it. Otherwise, right. you can't have that, you know? Right. And, people, and to me, if a blockchain like, like, can't do that, it's not a blockchain. <laughs> the people oh. have been around Bitcoin for a long time, like you'll never find someone that isn't shocked of what happened with the security of Bitcoin. It started out with like dudes just buying a bunch of GPU, even before that, just CPU mining, right? And then people went out and just flooded Amazon and just bought everything, every GPU they could get their hands on that would mine bitcoins. Uh, never, no one ever thought it would get to the point where there were like people stroking checks for ten million dollars in China to set up warehouses full of uh, 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 specially built specially fabricated ASIC chips that we're getting to the 16 nanometer range. It's just amazing. I, I want to talk about uh, something that kind of goes along with kind of what you're saying, but I, real quick, kind of a side. So I, I, did a, I did a hackathon for FinTech, and this was my first like hackathon that wasn't like as far as financial that wasn't part of like, you know, Bitcoin. It was literally like you're you're using open APIs with like WorldPay and Tesis, like you know normal payment processing, and really understanding that industry, which I thought was really cool because, you know, this is like the other side of finance that I have no idea about, and uh, it's it's weird. It's like it took me three years to learn all the blockchain Bitcoin stuff, and then I feel like it would take me three years to learn like all the payment processor oh, stuff or even longer. Arcane, man, yeah. yeah. But but um, one of the guys at the at the hackathon said uh i don't know this i like talking about conspiracy so i'm I'm bringing one up for y'all um uh, i i was talking to him about bitcoin because uh he he knew a little bit about it and he says his uh he said so check this out he said i forget if it was the nsa or c i think it was cia one of his friends was talking to him about he got a budget which uh, apparently he couldn't disclose of of and and with that budget he he wanted to try to get forty percent of the relay nodes on the Bitcoin network. And if you know, there's I think there's like sixty five thousand public nodes or some such on the Bitcoin 6, network. Sixty five hundred, maybe. Yeah. yeah. What I say? What <laughs> I said sixty five thousand. No, 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 sixty five hundred. Yeah. Sorry. 
Uh, so, did, so yeah, you could easily. I mean, if, you know, if you're talking about virtualized nodes, you could do that in a day with a couple. Of so, mm-hmm. so, so, tell me how I guess farty or dumb this might sound. And and granted, he might have explained it wrong. He might have meant mining yeah, power sure instead of did. nodes. But he but he definitely told me just nodes, like full. Well, well, then he's talking about a Sybil attack. Is the okay. only thing you can do. Well, yeah. So 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 his his reasoning was he wanted to get uh, enough people or. I forget. It was like he wanted to get forty percent of the coin join pools or something. That, that's that's what he was saying. So like the tumbling, I mean, all the tumbling of the transactions services. are public. I mean, you don't need nodes, right? The, no, for, for a civil attack, a you, need, you need to. I don't know. No, I'm not talking about a civil attack. I'm talking about like if you're talking about the coin join stuff, it's like it's all public. Yeah, you know? <laughs> actually, you you, uh, you bring up a good point. Because that's exactly how I believe that in that conspiracy for well, once. Well, I want to tell you. I want to tell you what he said about the conspiracy. Yeah, what is? It? I still don't uh, understand. So, it. so, so, granted, I'm probably not doing it justice by recounting what he told me. But he, he was. It definitely wasn't mining the way he described it, but it was somehow spinning up nodes in the efforts of knowing more about who's using these coin join pools or something or or tumbling services. And essentially, what he was saying was every time he ramped up to try to get forty percent. The whole population of nodes or whatever doing this would also increase. So, like some other actors, and the, and he thought other nation states were increasing their share of, like, so if he would spin up a hundred nodes, someone else would spin up like a hundred mm, nodes or something. Well, I, I remember the like, there were I, wars. I, no, but but do you, <laughs> someone spin do you up think, like twenty thousand uh, nodes? I, I completely buy so, into that. Okay, so hundred percent. So essentially, the project was abandoned, or or at least from my knowledge, I, I granted. Who knows, right? But it's just interesting to think about different nation so, states potentially like I, I, trying okay. to get in, like cyber attacking, like coin join. I'm, like, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to think of this because okay, I'm, I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around what the, what he was trying to go. At. So he was trying to control the propagation yeah, of, trying, of yeah. transactions yeah. coming from end users. Right. If you have enough, okay, yeah, that's you, true. If yeah, you have you enough can do peers that. on the network, right? Uh-huh. You can uh, you can you can put together where possibly transactions may be coming from or general location. Now I realize that's it's a little bit Tor, nebulous there. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, the reason I believe it is because that's exactly what happened in the Silk Road 2 case. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember? Yeah. You guys remember Oh, no, I remember. Okay, so uh, I don't remember. That was I was too young back then. No, Silk Road 2. I was young back Not, then. This isn't the... This isn't no, the I got into Bitcoin no, in 2016. Okay. He's being dumb. Well, no, tell me. I, don't, I really don't. No, this me. is fascinating. What yeah, happened? Yeah, tell me. Just tell me. Okay, so here's I what happened. Remember. Like, okay, so they, so they arrest the guy, running it. I don't know his name. So Ross 2.0. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the Dread Pirate, Dread Pirate Rob. Part two, right? <laughs> yeah. So they arrest this guy, and at the court, so the court room uh, proceedings are open to the public and everything. It wasn't filmed or anything, but it was a transcript. So one of the things that he did is. The FBI arrested this guy with the help of Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, which is one of the top computer science uh, universities out there. Actually, and um, so they have this thing called discovery uh, that the defense is that is uh, entitled to have, and um, and I forget the name of the hearing that they do, where they try to get the. No, there's a hearing that they do to try to get the prosecution to tip their hand on how they track this guy down because they don't know, like, we still don't know how they track this guy down, like, through Tor and stuff. And people were waiting to see if they had an exploit. They're like, okay, well, you have to tip your hand to show us how you got the, the IP address and finally to catch the guy. 
and um, so you need to tell us. And the, and the and basically they had a hearing about whether or not they were supposed to tell these the defense how oh, they got him. Wow. Well, the judge ruled as a, a typical uh, pussy judge said that they don't have to tip their hand. That the FBI can basically just you know say, oh, we found this guy. Like you know, they we, we can't tell you because of national security type yeah. crap. Yeah, and um, so the death borders on like illegal search and seizures, right? Fruit of the poison tree, you know. But yeah. um, but the but what's um, what we think actually happened from the transcripts that we do have is that they hired Carnegie Mellon, gave them a budget to stick up as many uh, tour relay. Oh, tour notes re- as Oh, they the could. exit, the exit nodes, not or, exit oh, nodes, relays, because no, everything's inside. These tour. were relays. Yeah, okay. So just just relays, right? And um, and then put together uh, descri- base put together the because you, you go through basically three nodes to get to your from source to destination. Can't you pick how many hops you want to do? I think in the old days you could. I don't know if you can now, but but basically if if you if the government has enough of these nodes and there's no motive there's no incentive to run a, a tour relay, uh, you just have to be altruistic. So if there's no motivation, then you have you might possibly have the government running the lion's share of the tour relays and yeah, that's, that's exactly what i think happened apropos to what you're talking well, that, about they that had may a budget to run a ton of right well, he too. says he says the same so we brought up that uh conversation too as well as the bitcoin uh stuff we talked about tour and we and he said same thing with tour when you start spinning up a ton of nodes other nodes just magically start coming onto the network as well. well I've not seen that particular behavior. But no, that's, I do this is what this you. is what just, the guy told me at okay. the at the hackathon. Okay, he was, who's, who has like a he's like a security consultant guy. I don't know. That's like, weird. That like, is there some kind of AI that's just like, oh, there's more well, nodes. Yeah, they, I got to spin up more yeah, nodes. They, well, they, I mean, somebody may have. I mean, I don't know about Bitcoin, but for Tor, I could totally see somebody doing that and just like have a bunch of virtual machines, and then like when they see the the count increase, they just counteract it you know yeah. well you, you have a, you have a bunch it, of stale stopped nodes on like aws and then like you just spin yeah, them up as they needed. just yeah the problem with it is you need unique ip addresses i mean ipv4 ip addresses are kind of in short supply these days right and i, don't know, I guess if you're the government you have a lot of resources you can get that but if it's an ipv6 that's a whole different story you, I, mean, I feel like we never talk about that at my job yeah. Like as far as being an issue. And like another thing, I feel like GCE has as many nodes as you want. As much money as you want, they'll give you an external IP address just for your one node. I don't know. I, is, have you, I mean, are we running out IPv4 yet or not? Because I, I feel like. going on for like 10 years. I feel like, now. yeah, I feel like either <laughs> we ran out by now or we didn't. Yeah. Like, no, why why am a... I still able to use a cloud service and get external IP just addresses so, no problem. The so best way I've heard that explained is 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 uh, it was uh, uh, V4 was was so good that it, it resists its own uh, upgrade. Someone in Autica is saying like, that you're actually a lot of times you're using IPv6. You might not know it. So the, what do they mask? Right. That sounds yeah. right. Right. Okay. No. Well, anyway, anyways, I uh, so guess what I've been guess guess. All right. Did you want to finish talking before I bring up a new subject? Oh no, please. All right, so guess guess what I've been doing. So, I went and gave a talk. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh uh so uh Todd, the guy who runs All Things Open and Great Wide Open. Yeah. Uh conferences. Todd. Yeah, the guy who, um 
oh god, I forget his I forget his last name. Anyways, Todd, you know Todd, little yeah, Todd, the Bitfinex right. hacker. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> that's, that's our inside gag. Todd's the Bitfinex hacker. Fucking Todd. Todd. Um, he he called me over to South Carolina to give a talk. I gave a I gave a what is Bitcoin talk over there. That was fun. And uh, another thing I'm doing is I'm going to be on a panel with guess who. Jason no, Jason Gronk. Oh, Gronk, yeah. <laughs> so I want to be on a, like a financial panel where, and I'm kind of glad I did the hackathon with like the financial process. I learned like you know a little bit about how banks issue cards and. Where's the panel? The panel is, I think, somewhere in Midtown or somewhere in Atlanta. Oh. But um, it's it's really early. It's like eight o'clock. It starts. Oh, that's too early. Yeah, I was about to say it's for a tag. It's technology associations of a Georgia or whatever. Anyways. I want to be on a panel, and uh, you know what's weird is they brought me on as the blockchain guy. Obviously, I want to break it to them easy and be like, guys, look, blockchain is not what you think it is. I'll probably be that guy, but they have Jason there too. So you know what you need to do is show up with your Dockers and your polo shirt and you know wear your iPhone a clip to your belt and just be totally corporate, like straight-up bank guy. You're like, all right, let's talk blockchain, guys. <laughs> guys, yeah. blockchain is going to solve. I should just start making a sales pitch. You know, guys, it's all about blockchain. No, what, what not you Bitcoin. should do is just watch uh, Blythe Masters's and word for word recite. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy Kaufman do Andy Kaufman bit on that. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, uh, we 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 actually prepped, and and you know it's cool because we did the panel uh, Wednesday, Mike. Yeah. The way we're doing, and and man, that was a hassle to to. I don't really want to talk shit about someone, but uh, it was a hassle to get everyone on board as far as coordinating like what we're going to talk about and everything. Yeah. But, uh, dude, everyone was like super, you know, uh, on point as far as meeting, getting ready for this panel, talking about things we want to talk about and coming up with questions. So we, we run it, but Chris, you, you were in the audience. What did you think about the panel? Honest opinions. Oh, yeah, dude. I, Be brutally I was, honest. Uh, brutally honest. I was... Uh, pleasantly surprised. He's a liar. Yeah, he's lying. Uh, no, no, no. I what? Because I, I honestly, I didn't even know that the the BTM business, the 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 Bitcoin, tel, you know, ATM thing, was even like a thing these days. I thought like it it had kind of failed. Let's yeah. We should let's talk fees. about that. Let's talk about it just very briefly. How many how many did they say there are in the Atlanta metro area? Like the like, hundred or something. Like hundred hundred. Well, you can go ATMs. to like a oh, coin Bitcoin radar. ATM radar. Yeah, and and you'll see. And that's actually how I try to contact people, and none of those people responded. Yeah, I, I sent out like maybe fifty emails, but um. But yeah, it, it's a thing. I liked it. It's it's kind of cool. John to Seth, see. John, uh, John Seth says it's the best business in Bitcoin. Maybe I, I mean, and when you hear about uh, Brandon charging twenty percent markup and and how he has so much cash, like it's you know, as far as like he he like he's you know has to move this crap around. I mean, it's like well, I mean, twenty percent is pretty damn good margin on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that were asking questions, they didn't realize how expensive it is to do AML and KYC for those things, and that's. I'm sure these guys aren't charging 20% market because obviously they can, but they're not doing that because they, they would like to undercut their competition, but they say they simply can't when they have to deal with so, all the stupid regulation crap. So the reason being is, uh, well, at least the reason why the one, you know, brand was ch uh, charging 20% at one point in time was 
it's so hard to do banking and you don't want to just have all this cash. He literally raised his fee so he wouldn't take in more cash than he could handle. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, if you're sitting on a bunch of cash, like why can't we fund these guys without banks? Well, right? Can, he, is there a way to you do mean like that? a network of people? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, you're like, listen, yeah, I no, got, that's 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 everyone's cash. that's that's everyone's backup plan as far as the ATMs, but you have like a network of friends that can help you move cash, but you know, here, here's the other thing that I thought was cool about the panel. They all seem to know which bank they needed to bank with and needed a million dollars on deposit in order to bank with them. That was yeah. that was funny. I forget the name of the bank. And uh, none of those guys yeah. ever talked to Tony at this business. Like, oh, like if, you wanna, if you want to figure out how to how to bank in Bitcoin, you go talk to oh, people I that run this company. You, Tony knows everything there is to know about. Well, yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I don't know. He's the original man. Like He's, Aaron, Aaron says, like. Tony gave him advice that he wasn't comfortable using or something one time. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about I that. Speak to that. Like, Tony's, <laughs> Tony's a straight up guy. He doesn't yeah. do any. He just, he's far far from being shady. Oh, okay. So well, so. well, like like the thing is 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 uh, Aaron has been like uh, it was one of the guy. He he has now two Bitcoin ATMs um, in the Atlanta area. But he he's been in. Uh, do AML you think Tony's going to listen to our podcast? No, no, <laughs> and if he does, that's fine. That, I mean, because we're because John Seth, if you didn't know, we're in BitPay right now doing our podcast. We're, we're at we're at head, BitPay, yeah, live from <laughs> BitPay headquarters. Um, it's block time. I don't represent them, by the way. I, no. I, I I don't speak for the company. All my all my opinions are of mine alone. And yes, not of disclaimer. <laughs> not not that they don't they probably wouldn't care, but I just I I don't speak for Tony or Steven or their business. This is not my business uh, to speak for. I mean, honestly, though, let, let's just speak speak about it a little bit because we are here. <laughs> just speak, for, just speak for them anyway. Oh, no, no, let, no, not no, no not speak for them. But let's just speak about BitPay a little bit because we haven't really talked much about it. And we're sitting here in BitPay. I actually haven't been to the new offices since you guys moved. But um, yeah, uh, so BitPay is one of the largest uh, companies in Bitcoin. One of the oldest companies in Bitcoin too. When, when was it yep. founded? Do you know? And for some reason, they won't sponsor my meetup. 2011 is when they they started up. And Tony and Stephen, Tony Gallippi and Stephen Pear ran this business for two solid years on their own, built up relationships with banks. So if you want to use banks, then these are the guys that talk. Which to is like amazing the, because oh, uh, back then, I mean, well, I, I would imagine? say, what's the difference between the the problems BitPay would have with banking and an AT uh, and a BTM? No difference. Like, Zero. why can't these BTMs partner with BitPay? What's what's going on? Well, we, I mean, uh, why they, they just they give covet, you a cut and well, then they, okay, they can do so banking here, through y'all? Here's the deal they covet their relationships with these banks. They're not, unless they know these people, like, unless they're super tight with these people. I mean, if Tony's not comfortable with uh, someone like Aaron or yeah, why would uh, he Brandon, take the risk? Or Brandon, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to, they don't want to ruin their guys. relationship with the bank. And, no way. Because if they, you that's know, like if the this, most highly regarded, like, asset in the space as far as, like, Ironically, I know. It's, it's so banking. ironic. <laughs> I know, it's like, we actually need banking because. Well, I mean, you yeah, need, you need on ramps like and off ramps. I mean, you, you have to have them because guess what? How does money flow into Bitcoin? You know, it's not just going to magically every, appear. Every it, one it, of it, those BTM operators said the same thing. You will be said no to every time you try yeah. to bank. And it's just like, holy so crap. So I just got to say, I admire Tony and Steven just for the sheer persistence 
I mean, because I can I can only imagine how many times they were told. No. All right, so Chris, who <laughs> they, so who do y'all bank with? And I, and I, what deal did y'all? I don't. I honestly don't know. I, can't I feel like I feel like Tony and Stephen wouldn't tell anybody. But we have worldwide banking relationships. It's not just. Okay. As I, a matter I, of fact, uh, the reason we would like to get into more countries, but the banking relationships prevent us the majority well, of the time it's 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 like they said in the meetup is if you have the million dollars the banks like sure you know <laughs> and and they have the million dollars that's now that <laughs> hey now that uh i was thinking of sean wilkerson now that he's got oh yeah, some yeah, money. yeah. sean's not a sean well, can get into the btm um, space by now. the way you can leverage your relationships with Sell your investors coin. uh we have investors for this company like jim robinson that was here the other day when you got guys like that that would speak for you, you don't. Need yeah, it. they open doors. All, you know, yeah. Peter Thiel is an investor in this company. Yeah, Peter like, Thiel. I mean, I'm sure he, he doesn't need, damn near anywhere. Yeah. I if mean, he, <laughs> if, if he take, picks up the was phone, huh? Miami was Peter no, Thiel in Miami? No, I don't. I don't. No, no, okay. he wasn't in Miami. All no, right. he's PayPal. You know, he's <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So you know, may, it may be that you know they. Once they got these uh, these high fluent investors and stuff, it it became like exponentially easier. But I, you know, I, I do feel their pain. I wish I could help them by uh, going around the banks and dealing. Like I have no problem. Like, like listen, can I be an investor in your? Can I take a cut if I give you cash? Will you? You know, can I be? A or can partner? I move your cash and give you Bitcoin? Yeah, et as long as it's like not going to land me in jail like Charlie Shrimp. I am more than happy. Well, I mean, to how do you how how can you be insured that though? Because you very well may be laundering money. Well, if you I mean, do it's, that. it's yeah, just like I anything don't know the else. Rules. I don't know well, the, uh, the rules. I mean, that. I feel like more like, people would do that if there wasn't that risk. Like uh, well, I would do it. So I, I I think they take advantage of certain safe harbor provisions. You know what I mean? Because like that that's like the whole deal is like you know you sign up with us as long as they do their due diligence. And say, hey, we've vetted them as thoroughly as we can as a business. You know, it can't come back to them. That, I think that's what the deal is. Right. And they can do that. They got guy. They got this Natalie person, that uh, perfectly nice person, probably very confident what she does. She can take a look at people supplying her cash. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're implying? Well, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. well, yeah. I mean, as long as any company does, it's like it's like safe harbor. So, I mean, it's, it's similar concept. I don't know what it is in the financial world, but like, so like. On the internet, so say you're you're you run YouTube and somebody posts a child porn video, they're not going to come kick your door down and throw you in jail for hosting child porn because that's not your you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's safe harbor. Yeah, <laughs> right. I get I get it. I I did I was going to ask that question. I don't know why I didn't. I maybe I forgot. But what, so is that an option? You're saying what we could? Why can't we crowdfund these these the, ATMs? the BTMs? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I guess it would require coordination because, like, I don't know. They, they run it as a business. I, I would think the biggest problem with that would be, you know, dealing with personal people on, on, on an individual basis on, with a cash medium because, you know, you could get robbed at gunpoint. Pretty easy that way. Yeah, moving <laughs> it's, the it's cash. It's a good way to get robbed. I mean. There's people well, that Well, I think cash, they, right? they, can, they can get, like, a guy with, you know – I. It sounded like he was almost talking about like using like a, this guy with like a Dunlop bag and you know body suit, you know, guy who like is moving like money in a truck. Well, no, we'll, I get we'll that, but where ATMs. does the money come from? That's that's the key. Is how do you collect the money? You know what I mean? It's- no, they have. I'm sure they have people that go. I remember my brother-in-law was worked for a security company, and he actually he did the technical side of ATMs, and he talked about the guy 
how they do how they stock ATMs these days is a guy and not in a non-uniform guy shows up with a bag and fills it up and leaves in an unmarked car. That's how it's done. Oh they no, I get it, but I'm not, I'm not talking. Oh, I'm not talking oh, about okay. that. I'm talking about like if you're talking about crowdfunding as far as the cash side. Oh, yeah. How do you get that money together? Oh, I don't use know. Use a DAO. Like, there's Mike, like, delivering. It's easy. Mike, yeah. use a DAO. A DAO for cash. That sounds like a great. Well, you convert. Idea. You convert your. Uh, what if? Um, what if you said? Can't so you do, so can, can I invest say, in your cash DAO? Yeah. Can't you write them a check and they can go just cash it? Um. I, I suppose, yeah. I mean, you know, it, they would. Well, then you run into problems because, like, you would have to bank at their bank. Otherwise, they got to float the. Ch- you know what I mean? Because it's like a personal. Ch- I don't. You know. Yeah. It it becomes very logistically expensive because, like, if you walk up to a teller with three hundred checks and you'd be like, "Yeah, I want to get," you know, yeah. they'll 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 shoot. You know, okay, I'm sure. sure it's Stand over it's, here. Is is as hard as they say it is to get banking. You'd think that this would be a comp- like even this scheme would be a competitor to that other scheme. So. Uh, are people talking on the Annika? Uh, just John Seth. He's just not saying anything interesting. Uh, <laughs> he's making fun of me, isn't he? Yeah, he's making fun of everybody. Yeah. Oh, he's hurt. No, he. he uh, no one's really asking questions at the moment. But uh, I want to talk about. Uh, you know, Sean got the three million. Uh, that was announced. Fantastic. Storage yeah, pumped like fifty awesome. percent, like immediately. So storage, they got the three million from who? Google was it Google uh, Ventures? Yeah, Microsoft, Ventures. maybe? No, I don't think it was. Microsoft. There's one of their investors is Google Ventures. Google Ventures so, and a couple of others. So, yeah. so another another person who entered the Coin Dojo was uh, David Vorick, I think his name was with Sci. Take forty two. Um, I think so. Yeah, uh, the think guy for Sycoin. Do you know much about Sycoin, Chris? No. Okay, you don't know anything about these different storage uh, things besides storage? Chris I is don't. a maximalist. Uh, I kind of am, yeah. I like Dash, though. Well, I'm, a Dash, one, I'm a fan of Dash. Not a fan of your theory. <laughs> what, one thing about the the Psycoin I think I discovered was, I think it was, you you have to download the entire blockchain to upload new files. But to download files, you don't need to have. You can use like a light client or something. Uh, okay. I thought that was interesting. I didn't know if y'all knew much about the no, I haven't. I'm really project. into that one. Uh, I but, definitely like to look into. But that. yeah, but I think Fluffy was big on Dow or Sai. He, he, I've always <clears throat> heard of Sia. Sia. Okay, Sia. I, I, I was uh, pronouncing it wrong. Okay, Sia. Yeah. How's the spell? Sia coin. S I A. Okay. Yeah. So so Sia coin. Fluffy was big on that one. Yeah, and that and I and, he mentioned and then, Coin and Decred. I think was the other one. Yeah, I did. Did you you looked into Decred? Little bit. I haven't. I haven't what done is that? that? Um, it seems I forgot quasi dash like in in its aspirations. There seems to be so it's competing well, with Monero. No, no, no. It's 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 not 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 more on the governance side. I mean, one of their stated goals is fun, fungibility, but. Um, I don't. I couldn't. I, I haven't done thorough research on it yet, but uh, I couldn't gain whether it's it's fungible right out of the gate, like like say a Monero is, or if that's their long term goal. But it seemed like it was a very. It, it's a proof of stake, proof of work hybrid, and that's about all I know about it. Other than the fact, it's twenty one million cap. Yeah. What What do you think about the storage? I think it's great that they're. Well, I'll tell you this. I I got on. Bitcoin uncensored with Krista Rose and talked about storage. And I was like, yeah, storage is cool. Like, what's wrong with storage? And then the first thing Chris says is like, well, it can't really compete with like centralized storage 
mechanisms such as like AWS, for instance, or whatever. But because no, won't we let the market decide that? I mean, yeah, sure. But he's <laughs> but 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 Chris is almost like trying to foretell what will end of storage because of its proposition isn't viable is essentially what what he's getting at because why I mean, why do decentralized storage if it's going to be more inefficient and more costly than centralized storage is his argument why does he why does he sign off on bitcoin per- perceivably but he doesn't so, you know bitcoin can't compete with visa like we've no, said this like a million can't. times it's so it, so, it, so, so like visa is a centralized system is always going to be more efficient we're talking about okay first of all the cloud yeah, thing but, when people say cloud it annoys the f- hell out of me because the cloud, <laughs> himself. the cloud is just someone else's computer right we just need to be correcting people when people say cloud you need to stop them and say you mean someone else's computer okay and storage is not someone else's computer legitimately it's decentralized it's, it's storage everyone else's computer. yeah it's everyone else's computer <laughs> yeah well that, that's the other thing is yeah so storage and services like that it is it's encrypted and striped and you know it's yeah. it's so it's 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 so decentralized right that um you know nobody who has your data knows whatever i mean can you say that of amazon do they encrypt everything well i mean you can encrypt yeah. things before going into amazon right but, that's, but that's i mean storage just kind of does that for disk you encryption yeah you know striped so across the world <laughs> that my my complaint with krista rose is like he does he he draws he draws the right conclusion on bitcoin but he draws the opposite conclusion with this where it's the same argument you know it's the same exact thing there's no difference there like i could say oh, well i i wish storage well, I, was tied to bitcoin can, i wish they would have used bitcoin that's legit. well can, can well, i, I mean, ask I you mean, wait like hold a, on i want to yeah. i want to ask you a couple questions chris first off i remember the big reason reason for them not using bitcoin and using storage instead was because they wanted to send microtransactions. now obviously that's not going to be it doesn't look like that's going to be happening so if they have to send now correct me if i'm wrong with counterparty when you send storage coin you still have to pay that bitcoin transaction fee with on counterparty yeah i don't believe so is that is that not i think i don't i don't don't think uh, so was 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 called proof of burn proof of burn maybe 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 someone from the autica channel can back me up on that but when you send uh like for instance like Pepe Cash or whatever. Are you having to in order to use Counterparty, you need to pay tips? Yeah, but is what is that in comparison to a Bitcoin transaction so, fee? Jumps I up? mean, I'll, let me let me just say what I think it works. I don't. I'm I'm not that studied on Counterparty, so Jensen can correct me where I'm wrong. Oh, anyways, well, all all I'm trying to get at it seems like to me. The the original reason for using storage coin instead of Bitcoin was because he wanted to send small amounts of storage that were going to be smaller than a Satoshi. But now that you have to have a minimum transaction fee and it's going to be, you know, definitely bigger than a Satoshi or whatever, you might as well just use Bitcoin from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I'm more focused on not the storage coin, but what storage is promising. And they have the utility of the they tool. actually have a very good working I don't know if they would call it the product, but they have a good demoable thing that they can actually point to and say. And I, that's why I agree with projects like Storage and um, uh, it's escaping me now. Uh, yeah. See ya. No, the decentralized. No, the decentralized. Uh, IPFS. Uh, <laughs> there's like no there's the like decentralized marketplace. Oh. Uh, oh, BitSquare. Bi- no, no, no. BitSquare. The uh, why is it escaping? Me? Oh, 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 Bazaar. Bazaar. Yeah, Bazaar. 
Oh yeah, these, these guys. Dark actually, market. Chris Crystal Rose loves uh, Storage Coin and Open Bazaar. He's big. He's a uh, big on those. But they produce, right? They actually have things that they can show. Unlike any other any crap Ethereum out there that says they don't do jack, right? You try to use Augur, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like ridiculously bad. Like I don't even know what they're trying to do. Well, like, why would to they even why would they even push event? code if it doesn't even work to even even remotely, <laughs> right? So you're so, you know that's funny. We 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 talked about the the auger uh, meetup. I yeah, think. We, we we had. Uh, I think Tony during Swish like yeah. Tony, actually, did, Tony did, you, did you were you at that meetup? It was like two. Were you at the auger meetup? The yeah. Okay. Okay. That was we we caught Tony at his prime. Yeah, he was actually on that day. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He did. A it was all job. downhill after that. So yeah, if, if was, you want to impress bad. the, you don't have to. Certain, I don't matter, but you don't. If you want to impress the community, you have to produce something that actually works, right? I would or think else so. You can talk about it all you want, but unless you have something, Krista Rose didn't build anything, as far as I know. <laughs> so. If he wants to criticize, Chris, Krista it's fine, Rose. But, he, I don't. I don't think he's capable of building anything. He's just. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Drop zone. Do you know about Drop Zone? No, I don't. Uh, Drop Zone actually, um, he's really big on this. It's uh, and and him and Junseth. Uh, oh man, I, I don't want to explain it wrong, but essentially, you use the test net to actually talk, uh, like to communicate between uh parties. Um, but you, you, it's essentially like you're leaving something at a certain location. And then the exact coordinates are revealed at a later time, and then you can go pick it up. Like if you so like, like put it, oh, like, that's pretty like an IRL stealth address. Like okay. like <laughs> I, like I'm imagining yeah. like I'm imagining like there's like a tree, and you like oh, hide it in like cool. the the like near the trunk is or there, something. Is there is there code to play with? I yeah, it's on. I think yeah, I remember there being GitHub code for it, so you can check that out. And I don't know if people are using it yet, but I do know they have code. That's a really novel idea. I like yeah, that. That's, that's yeah, so, so so the idea is they're using testnet though to, to talk, which I thought was interesting. You remember we we talked we interviewed you know, we should talk about it. we did interview Junseth for like Yes, we did for, for like, like uh, and I and I, I cut it down like an hour. No, I cut it down to an hour and a half. <laughs> um do you know you know who Junseth is? No. Yeah, he's so the, so Junseth is the guy the who guy. co-hosts Bitcoin Uncensored. Oh, He's really? the he's the big fat guy. So there's Chris and then there's Joseph. Is that his name? His name's Joshua Unseth, but he just that's his handle. He <laughs> oh, goes by okay. Joseph. They both sound exactly the same. Their voices are exactly. Oh the same. no no! Once you listen to them for thirty hours, <laughs> then you can differentiate their voices okay. really easily. And they they're down in Miami. Yeah, yeah. and and so uh, I always think that they're coked up because they're just they're just like they're going a mile a minute. They're all like. Yeah, they that's the Miami thing. They're uh, like, they're they're up. constantly trying to make people think that they're shit. Like so, like like literally. They're they're constantly like they, that's their thing. So in in the spirit of content, you know, since we're talking yeah. about Chris Duros and Jensen. So you listen to a lot of podcasts. So yeah. what what, you know, cuz I I actually believe it or not, I I don't I mean, I, I used I to listen to Epicenter, and then I got bored. Epicenter is very technical and very dry. It's, it's they have a lot of interesting stuff, but some sometimes it's just you know it depends on the subject matter. But it it can be it's it's good in in small doses. But um, so so what would you say your uh, favorite <laughs> podcast is? Um, of so all the cri- ones you listen cryptocurrency, to, cryptocurrency, blockchain, Bitcoin related. Well, yeah, yeah, just, oh yeah, of 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 the space. It not, better not be ours. Foss, Dan we Gurley, have one not, episode. Not it better one. be ours. Not uh, this one, but like like no, it has to be ours. 
I like the big. I like the Bitcoin podcast a little bit. I mean, I don't always like it. It sometimes it, it's it's got its ups and downs. Um, I stopped listening to Let's Talk Bitcoin about two years ago. Yeah, because I can't handle the segment format. I'd oh. like this format where you're talking. You're just talking like people, like regular yeah, people. Yeah, it's it's heavily scripted and edited. Yeah, I don't like, like the scripted yeah. thing. I like people just riffing on what they think because you know, that's it's like you know we're a coffee clatch or something. I don't know, but. Um, I like that. So I like the Bitcoin podcast. I'll give them a shout out to those guys. I don't remember their names, but uh, they're pretty cool. And I like um, I like some. So I've been getting on YouTube a lot more now that I have YouTube Red. Uh, thank you to my Christmas present, YouTube Red. But sounds anyway, like a uh, wifey gift. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> but I've been listening. But um, there's a lot of people who are taking it very seriously. Like you got the Bitcoin Meister guy, who uh, he's okay. But he's very positive. I like that, and I like uh, the Tone Vase. I like Tone Vase. Oh, Anything we met he him. does. Yeah, we yeah. saw Tone. We we interviewed him. We interviewed him. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. I listened to that. It was really cool. Okay. Uh, so he does. You know, the World Crypto Network. I cannot stand. Like, okay, here's. I love you guys at the Crypto World Crypto Network, like the Vortexes and the other people that do that. But man, that like McLaughlin Hour routine thing. Love Bitcoin, bugger. Like it's like just speak regular just talk normally to people like why do you have to like do an act you're talking about the vortex you know you know world crypto network they do the bitcoin group you know that one Uh, it's like the mclaughlin group yeah send up on that yeah they Uh, do they do see chris um, what you don't understand is once you're producing so much content you don't have enough time to view other people's content i'm not as big a fan of the shtick like i mean we we do an intro and an outro and even that sometimes is too much for me but I, I just like this, where we're, we're talking as real as we can about the subject matter, just because I love talking about this shit. I, mean, I do, too. Why do you have to do, like, a rendition of that McLaughlin guy? I don't really know. But the content is good, because they have, they do a Google Hangout, and they talk to Tone Vase, and they talk to... There's so, also um, the Bitcoin Market Podcast. Have you, do you know about that one? So that's... Okay. Just, that's um, Linder. I, I, I literally... Listen to. I used to listen to Epicenter. Okay. I listen. I listen to Bitcoin Uncensored, and I'll listen to stuff See, I make. That's the thing is, like, honestly, yeah, I don't. Think like, I, I don't. I mean, there's so much. You know, the, you know, it's funny. Audio books in the car. There's this. <laughs> there's this black guy with dreads who like just pumps everything. I've yeah. seen and that tells, guy. And, and, and he's like, sell this, buy this, Bitcoin pot of gold. Everyone, send me your Bitcoin, and then I'll evenly distribute it back to you. Like, like, yeah. Wait for a whale to pump in. I'm like, who is this? Like, I can't help but not watch like one of his like five minute videos just to like. So I don't uh, know if that's I do. A podcast, I recommend the Bitcoin and Markets one. It's um, I don't remember the. I recommend I Mr. Lander, I think his name is, but it's it's pretty good. He's got some premium content if you want to pay him a little bit of well, money. What's his name again? Uh, oh, he Ansel, charges. Ansel, huh? He's been on. He's been on oh. the World Crypto Network so, too. So this is this is for like like TA stuff, like technical analysis. Yeah, he and does trading well, stuff, market driven. Yeah, he does a little bit of that. That's but, what um, Tone's all about. Yeah, yeah, Tone. I really like Tone. Um, can we talk about Tone for a second? Sure. <laughs> like, I really like Tone because he is uh, a little bit more genuine with what he feels. Like, he doesn't. Hold <laughs> he does back. not hide anything. He's just uh, he, he calls him exactly like he sees. <laughs> yeah, and and I got to give him props because I would disagreed with him on the ETF issue. Where he he was explaining it, and I heard, I've seen him talk about, oh, I've seen him asked about, about the ETF thing in like four different <clears throat> contexts. This podcast, he talked about it, 
And he actually, uh, you guys went back and forth with him on it. Oh, yeah. And then I also heard him talk about it on like three other like distinct places. And he said the same exact thing. And I didn't get it until, I didn't get what he was saying until like the last time I heard it. And I was like, oh, I understand what he's talking about. And the, it was the issue about the honeypot issue where, you know, you've got just a giant stack of Bitcoin just being held by the Winklevoss. I mean, do you think, do you think uh, he's right and the ETF will not get approved? I think it will be approved, 100%. Okay, so that's what you're saying you disagree with. No, I, I disagree. He, he's very anti... He, he's, comes, he's very anti that this is a good idea for, for the, having the ETF um, because of the honeypot issue. And I didn't understand, he, but he's really talking about, listen, guys, not only are, can criminals come and steal this, which, okay, I believe that they can actually make this reasonably safe, but... The real problem is that you now have a giant pile of Bitcoin that the government can come in and just say, we don't like this thing. We, we you know, this is seized or this is not no longer able to be uh, transacted or whatever. That's oh, so bad. You're saying, they'll, you're saying they'll lock up the Bitcoin so, and the FDR ETF. FDR during the Great Depression. Right. So uh, every- John Seth said you should want that because it'll, I mean, if you think about it. If you do want that, it just means the supply will yeah, decrease. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually, that would be a good thing for me because I'm not going to invest in the ETF. Well, I'm but, not going to either. <laughs> well, yeah, so mine gets. But more. I don't, I um, don't want people's money. Well, uh, yeah, taken no, from in them. in general, I don't, yeah, I I agree. But so here, here's the thing. So the the thing you're afraid of is is a genuine threat. Um, it really is because uh, FDR back during the Great Depression, I think it was FDR. They, they nationalized all the gold, and they had literally – it was illegal to hold gold except for certain coins that had like, you know you – know, but if you had bullion, it was illegal to own it. You had to give it up to the government. So I could very, very, very realistically see the same exact thing happen to Bitcoin, but you can't take Bitcoin from people because good fucking luck. You know, you can if it's stored in a if it's stored in an thing, ETF, right? you can. So yeah, I think I think that's a that's a logical argument, but that's definitely not an argument for why the SEC would prevent that from happening. If anything, they would fucking encourage it. Exactly. That's <laughs> so, why I think they will absolutely positively uh, go ahead and 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 approve this, and they will uh, probably approve like other altcoin kind of ETFs. I don't I don't see that as being a hindrance at all. I don't I don't I just. I'm for the ETF in general because I think it's good because um, it allows institutions the ability to invest in Bitcoin who otherwise would not because they don't want to store it and manage it themselves. I mean, because it's much greater protection from thieves than – because, I mean, it's like everything else. Um, If you can outsource the ability to secure something and have it done by somebody reliable in a specialized manner, it's much better than – I mean, for for businesses. I'm not talking about – for individuals, okay, it's like I would never outsource my Bitcoin security. Fuck right. that, you know. <laughs> yeah. But if you're talking about an institution who just wants the exposure to the risk and they don't, they they don't want the underlying asset. Bitcoin's so much better than an instrument like gold, because an instrument like gold, you can say, oh, I'm going to buy into a gold ETF. There's no way to prove that the underlying gold is actually sitting anywhere. Well, it's it's a lot harder. It's yeah. t- it's it's a lot harder. A lot harder. But let me ask you: if you think the ETF gets denied. What do you think the price will will what do you think will happen to the price of Bitcoin? I, I think there will be there will be a 
dip in the price, but I don't know. I don't know how long that you know that there'll be a, a how much do you, market. How for much of this whatever. build up as far as the price rally that we're seeing recently is due to the ETF, or do you think it? Do you think it's being priced in as far as like maybe like people are kind of gambling on it, or do you think? That the price is just going up because general demand is going up. What, what do you I think? I don't think demand is really going up. Well, we I mean, demand is not going up. Talked about speculative this, fervor. Speculative going up. demand. Yeah, I think speculative, speculative <laughs> demand. But I mean, and and I'll say this again. Some people disagree, but I mean, the vast majority of the use case of Bitcoin is as a speculative instrument. Exactly. You know, that's, that's it. So yeah, speculative demand is going up. I Are wish, people doing um, anything with it? No. <laughs> I wish these technical analysis included what they think the actual utility price of Bitcoin is, because there's a real price, the utility price, right? Like the price. If there what were do you no think speculation. that is? What do you think that is? Like I, twenty I, bucks, or I, I would like to know what you think. Well, but I think I think it's oh, probably think like it's less probably, than a hundred, maybe like a hundred. I think it's yeah, between one hundred and two hundred. I really think. I'll tell okay. you what I think is is it honestly it doesn't matter because it's the same situation with gold. Gold has a utility oh, price too. I mean that's a good point. But it's much much less than than the actual price of gold because and it doesn't matter what the utility price of gold is because gold's worth so much more because it is. I so know. I mean, yeah. I would yeah. I would argue it's kind of moot, you know. <laughs> but it is, it's not. Yeah, it's just fun to think about. Oh yeah, you know, no, like, as uh, an exercise, it is. And I, I actually, you know, to your actual question, I I, I have no idea. So, right. <laughs> but but uh, the cool thing is, like you said in the beginning of this whole conversation, is that the only variable that we really have in this market is demand, uh, because we know exactly what these other things are. Supplies are, are a supplies very fixed, transparent. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, now you could. Which I mean, there is market supply and freeing up coins, but that's yeah. still limited. I mean, you know, it's you can only do so much of that. Yeah, you could talk about whether or not um, these big mining pools have the ability to sit on Bitcoin, but I don't think that they do. I think that almost Markings every mining pool out low. there has yeah. to liquidate, has to put their market, put their Bitcoins on sale right away. So that they can pay bribes and whatnot. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so well, that's one of the things I've always maintained about the mining business is, I, I think honestly, the major miners, I don't think they're in it for Bitcoin in any way, shape, or form. No. They don't have a long-term investment, which is why we don't see anybody signaling for one or the other proposal. Is because all they're interested is a short-term fiat profit. So they want to sell the Bitcoin and get whatever their local currency is, because then they've they've made their nut. Right, especially when you have this hardware that is uh, now we're getting to the point where we actually can have hardware that lasts more than six months. Well, yeah, comes, when we uh, get to commodity hardware. That's what that's what Avi change. was talking about, right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah that Avi, was his major so point. Did you listen to the Avi interview? It was short. It was like twenty minutes. Uh, Avi, what's his? He, oh, he's a he's yeah, a distiller. He guy, does right? the distiller. Did yeah. you did you listen to him? Yeah, how think, he was? Did, how yeah. he? You know, we need a probably in a couple months a uh, recap with him. Yeah, but uh. But essentially, Avi maybe found like a golden window of opportunity with mining. I think. What do you? I don't know. I no, mean, no, no. I'm just saying maybe. It's, I'm it's, not saying. I'm, well, I mean, it's just reusing. We, we still, the we waste still, heat, right? I mean, I. The good part is, I feel like we can ask Avi, and he'd be honest. As far as if he actually turned a profit. Well, see, so for me, the more interesting thing about that interview was his thoughts on the AI miners. I was like, wow, wait, 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 we went here now? I was like, okay. Yeah, I thought he, that was incredible. He, <laughs> um, oh, you know you know what interview besides John, Th- uh, besides, uh, John Seth that we uh, haven't talked about? Uh, or at least not in detail? No. And this is opening up a brand new can of worms for our conversation. I'm usually I, drunk for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Paul Stortz. Paul Stortz, yes. Uh, Paul Shorts. You, you know Paul Sports? 
I wish. Yeah, I, that guy, I really like that. I'm a fan of that guy. You guys have, like, you seem to have, like, an inside track to that guy. Yeah, you should have gone to Miami, dude. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford that kind of stuff. I would have took you in my suitcase. I can afford dude, a trip, dude. but, man, Okay, hold on. I will tell we you, were going, we stayed it, at the shittiest hotel where in we Miami. Went, uh, <laughs> where we went, it was practically free. It, it was it There's was homeless free. naked people running and around guess outside. What? Guess what? how much but, the flight know. cost from Atlanta? Just guess. Round trip. Uh... Hundred twenty-five bucks. It was, it was eighty-five, I think, for the one I. It was really, it was a really cheap trip. <laughs> it was, and then it was we made it even it cheaper. The, how much by was the, the conference? Three hundred bucks. That's that's actually, I, I'm just not used to paying that. But they didn't have coffee. Oh no, they didn't. No, new <laughs> Mo didn't. Coffee. No, Mo didn't have food. <laughs> Everything was food, paid for. It. If you wanted coffee. breakfast or anything, you had to pay for it. And they charge you three hundred bucks. Well, so I think it was four hundred. I think we had a discount. Yeah, I think we had a discount. Yeah. And we need to get well, and it's already paid business, for. Right? It was paid by Paycoin last year, so <laughs> so it was already paid for. Ahead of time. Well, anyways, <laughs> the uh, real quick before I don't really we've already talked about the conference, but Paul, Paul Stewart's Stewart. with his drive chains. Have you looked into that? Yeah, it's it's the that's why I kind of poo poo these auger thing because it's just vaporware. There's like the hive real, mind. but you're talking about hive mind. Yeah, the drive chain is is going to enable hive mind. Okay, so uh, you, you realize I I wasn't I, I wasn't I would not have said that so succinctly. Huh? Okay, never mind. All right, keep going. I, honestly, when <laughs> Chris, I listen you know to more about interview it. with you, like I don't really. I wish I knew Paul because I would ask him a bunch of questions about the interview that you guys had with him. Uh, but you know, oh, we should have we should have them both on. That would be interesting. Who, Chris and Paul? Chris and Paul, sometime. That guy. That guy's. He's legit. Paul's very smart. He's, yeah. Yeah. So he. Paul's not that great. We we hear especially like guys like Jason Dreisner. He he's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Like he's got a fan base <laughs> well see this is the thing here man so he needs to come down to atlanta because he works at fucking block right so he's got to come down sometime <laughs> okay well, well yeah i mean that's that that was i mean he, he i mean i think he was talking about making a trip and yeah yeah he was talking about yeah. i think he may actually do a presentation paul's at, awesome at i can't wait for him to yeah, come paul's down great. here yeah, yeah but, i think we're gonna but, have uh, him in i think we're i think we're gonna have him in great oh, definitely. When, when, when that's awesome yeah hopefully we can all hang out um uh, I have a, another thing, and this was like hilarious. So you know who John Riggins is? He's been here for a month, right? You said yeah, uh, the guy from BTC Media. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know his last name. His we name went is out drinking Riggins. with him the first okay. night he was back. So here. so I want to talk about the first night we went out drinking with uh, John. <laughs> so first off, John doesn't have a SIM card or whatever for America yet, and he's still on Chinese mobile so, or whatever. So for, for the background, for anybody listening, yeah, this, he lives this in guy China. Lives in China. He lives in yeah. Shanghai, and he doesn't have an American uh, phone service. So I, I think he's using like Wi-Fi or whatever to set up his Uber, and then it's just like hope for the best, <laughs> you know, because once he gets there, he's <laughs> you know. Uh, anyways, or somehow he he, he connected to the Wi-Fi at Taco Mac to get a ride back, I think, but. Uh, Oh my god, it was so funny. So we went to Taco Mac at the Speakeasy underneath, like not the Taco Mac, the Monkey Key. And uh, dude, John, not only was he like thirty minutes late to an hour late because I was getting worried about him, but uh, he shows up and like after like an hour or thirty minutes, dude, the guy's like knocked the he's like he we passed out at the table. yeah we're like all he talking about out. like well, yeah he dude like he passed out severely oh. from China oh dude so, he like, <laughs> he was passed out like drunk like not even drunk he was just passed out why does he live in China 
Oh, uh, BGC Media is like yeah. a correspondent on the ground in Shanghai for. They have a correspondent. <laughs> well, yeah, he's the guy. <laughs> no, but here, here's the funny part. He passes out, and Mike and I are like, ah, oh, whatever. And this guy named JJ yeah, comes JJ to the table. Comes over. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, Bitcoin has made it when random people on the bar yeah. come. Hey, I want to talk about. He was Bitcoin a, he was with a you. finance guy too. He's like, he's into uh, well, he, commercial real estate. What was it? Or? He had like forty-five million dollars in in his investment account that he was managing oh yeah it was something, something like, like 45 million yeah. over seven clients like you know probably like family members and like you know yeah we were, we were telling him some of our insane theories about what's going to happen oh yeah i was saying years. like so so my my i was telling him dude the dow's going to 30k he's like what you're the first person i've ever no, see, well see that was that everyone's was saying it's going to crash no no it is going to crash but i mean it's going to go high and then it's going to crash no. but like and then I see. Okay. <laughs> he well, the argument was between him and me, and he said thirty k, and I said twenty four k. And then and then and <laughs> then J- and then JJ over here is like, I'm I'm shorting the market really hard right well, now. Well, no, I'm shorting the market too. I'm not, I wouldn't go well, near the Dow with a ten foot pole right. Now. <laughs> but but I still think it's going to go up. But I don't know. I don't. Oh I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. The, I'm not a risk taker. So. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that, that's, that's why I'm in Bitcoin. Um, you know, oh, yeah. some of the best conversations yeah, exactly. I've ever had were at that speakeasy with Michael B. Casey, and and then you, you've you've been there with speakeasy you a couple bit. times. But yeah, we when we're talking at that speakeasy, dude, like, that speakeasy, we need to start filming from the speakeasy. Yeah, because that place or, or, is or just inviting hand. like high level. You know, sometimes it's like stoner talk, but other times it's just like really good. It's just a good place to hang place out. To hang out and bullshit. Yeah. 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 So so just FYI. In my opinion, if you have Bitcoin and you don't have all your money in like a all market index fund or S and P five hundred, you're kind of dumb. Why wouldn't you do that, Mike? All of my money in S and P five hundred. I'm just saying. Fund. I'm just saying. If your hedge is Bitcoin, why are you afraid of putting your money in the S and P five hundred well, or total okay, stock so, market so index? Really, you know, because I mean, I feel like you're missing out potentially on inflation to come. Well, yeah, and and, I mean, and also gains from Trump I am, but doing here's the stimulus thing. and when, stuff. When, when the stock market turns, it's going to turn quick. It's going to turn ugly, and that's the whole thing. Is if you're <laughs> yeah, in but a then bubble, you, have you don't realize it. You, you sit there and you're like, because that's the thing. Is when do you say, oh, that's enough? You know what I mean? When you 30, say thirty thousand, okay. I just told you. Well, yeah, but what if it hits twenty seven and then crashes to shit? We're, you lose we're, half of your value. So hold on. So say me, I I pulled out at. 18,500, 19,000, right? Somewhere around there. And it goes up to 24 and then crashes down to 10. Yeah. Guess what I have? 19,000. Say you're a little late. What do you have? Fucking half of whatever you, you know, half yeah, of your but 30 Do you 15. think the market will I win? Yeah, you know? but, but here's the question Will the market recover? Eventually, and this time, actually, so, maybe not. So, if it I mean, if it, really, because if, if, if it's as bad as I think it's going to be, yeah, like, but shit's going to be bad. Man. If it's truly going to no be that bad, then. You have Bitcoin. It doesn't matter. Well, you, yeah, as long as you have like a tenth of a Bitcoin so, so, or like okay, a half of Bitcoin, you're fine. Here's the deal, right? So there's 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 two distinct pockets of well, three. I have I have whatever meager Bitcoin holdings I have. I have um, the four hundred one k money that is sitting in my 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 company, which which that is the pool that I'm talking about, right? Because I my investments in my four hundred one k. Um, there's very, very limited options. Um, oh yeah. So I can't really do much with that. There's nowhere safe to put it. I was, I, I, 
at my at my company right now, I can put my four hundred one k in the S and P five hundred. Oh, I can't I have, do that. Yeah, I know. I absolutely you, you can't have do you that. have crap options. Shit, options. and the only reason I know is because I I worked with you. Yeah, but but I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't you know I mean even even then I I I don't like the stock market right now. Um, oh, so here's what I do. Gosh, I almost want to go on a rant and be mad about bad options for four hundred one ks. It's but awful. anyways, we don't have to talk. So about so it's, it's the pump, right? If well, you, you want to participate in the pump? I mean, everything's a pump, right? We just talked about Bitcoin having a speculative... No, but I want to participate in the pumps. Mode. I want to participate in it. <laughs> I'm well, saying sometimes you go to a company and their 401k options are just no, crap. This is what's fucked up fees. about my 401k right. option, right? So they have a bond option, right? And normally, if you buy bonds or buy into a bond, you know, all they have is a bond fund. You're not allowed to buy bonds with, bonds with your 401k money. And this is what sucks about that. So say there is a crash. Say there we're in a massive bond bubble or something. And uh, we do have a bond crash. Well, guess what happens? Normally, if you have bonds, you get to hold them until maturity, and then you get the money at face value. But if you invest in one of these bond funds that they have in my 401k, that's it. You're fucking screwed. If the market goes down, there's no way out. You can't hold that shit to maturity. You've just lost the money. It's gone. There is no recovery. And that fucking sucks. And, and th there's no reason for that other than they want to make more money. Right. It's there's very few. I mean, if you can get an index like an S&P index fund, that's probably your best bet. I mean, it's just these these 401k options. I've never seen one where I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Every one of them has been like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like these are the options, really? Like you want me to you want me to participate in the in the big governmental pump of the century with these <laughs> options? Right? I would rather take my chances over here in Bitcoin land. Right, or I'd like, or I just buy real estate or something well, like that. Like I'll just take. Good. I won't get the the stupid, uh, you know, four hundred one k tax rebate or whatever. You know the 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 you so, know lower your taxable income crap. I'll just always, I'll just I've go always, over here. I've always said, um, well, for a very long time, um, that uh, people are going to be so pissed off when when they realize that they fell for the get rich slow through savings and hard work scam. <laughs> yeah that's what people that's what those they that's what they want you to know so that you you just keep the mark so that people these big hedge fund uh types can go in there and just trade up and down and yeah. they know that you're stuck in your crappy investments over long term and you're gonna get to the you're gonna get to your old age and you're gonna be like what uh okay I mean, so you know, Bitcoin I basically is a made... bit of a way out of that. I mean, it's it's subject to even more market manipulation, I would say, because you know it's so small. But other than that, I mean, if if you can look past the the swings, because that's a big thing that I always say is, I never look at the little day to day shit that happens in Bitcoin. I I'm not. I'm the opposite of a trader. I don't trade. I, what I do is I, I I stake. You know. Yeah, you stake. Yeah. And and if you believe in a stock. That's what Bitcoin can be for you. I'm not saying that it's, it's more of an asset class, but if well, you yeah, believe if you class. believe in Bitcoin as a stock, you can buy shares very easily, and it's shares that you control and only you control. You don't have not that only that you don't need a, you like to, a broker to manage it for no, you. That's the other when thing. You, you could take physical possession of your Bitcoin yeah. and try doing that with a stock. Yeah, I can buy I mean, a share of Apple. Do I have the stock? No, I do not. No, I've bought the I've bought the rights to that that particular stock. Only if whoever really manages that stock decides that they're going to actually give it to me when I need it. You know what's it. ironic is, you know, that, that could go the way of the dodo if we're talking about uh, blockchain-managed uh, financial instruments. You know what I mean? If, right. you, if you throw everything on the Bitcoin blockchain as, as like, a, an asset, then, yeah, 
You know, I mean, you, you can actually do that. You can retain your own stock ownership. And I look forward to the, that day. You know, the stock market's gone up about, I think last time I checked, like three and a half or let's see, 350% since the crash. 350 yeah. I remember when yeah. it was like down in the 6,800 range. Yeah. What's it like yeah. 20,000 20, something right now? Well, I guess I yeah, when I when like I talk about that, I'm talking about like if you just look at like pretty much an index fund or like a NASDAQ or something. I don't know. I just, I just like if, if I guess what I'm trying to say is you got to be careful taking your money out, putting it back in. If you time stuff wrong, you're going to really miss out on Well, gains. see, but that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's your alternative? Leave it in and just suffer the crash? That's bullshit. I mean, why would you do that? Why would you willingly, if you think it's going to happen, why would you even take that Because it's hard to predict. Risk? No, well, I'm it saying is hard if, to risk. But, but, but obviously. I would argue you're being if, greedy because you want the upside knowing the crash is going to come. Right, so you're sitting there. It, the longer you go with that, hey man, say, but I'm not the only one who says this. I'm oh, not trying to be not. greedy. Th- no, I'm you're trying the to take solid financial See, this advice. Is, here's my complaint about the efficient market hypothesis. Let me go here, okay? So basically, oh, wait, 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 wait. Just to be clear for everyone watching, this is rule number three. Yeah, here's my complaint: the efficient market hypothesis and saying, "Hey, markets are always efficient. You should do what the market says, and you're never going to beat the market. So just do it." You're telling everybody literally. What they do as their best bet is to follow the herd, which is the absolute worst financial advice you could ever follow. <laughs> do not follow the fucking herd. Yeah. If, if you want to make money, you do the opposite of what the herd does. If everybody else yeah. is buying, you sell. Yeah, everybody totally, else is selling, I, you buy. I totally agree. And that <laughs> One of the things I learned from Andreas. So you have a rebuttal, by the way, after Chris is done talking. One of the things about Andreas is he points out is he gets this question all the time. I've, this Other than Tone Vase, I watch pretty much everything that Andreas does. And he says, uh, people ask him, well, how much should I invest in Bitcoin? And he basically says, zero until you actually understand what you're investing in. Like, not just, oh, I know there's a blockchain and there's transactions that get put in a blockchain. No, you need to understand what this thing is and how it actually works. And that means if you need to travel and go ask people, you need to do that. You need to understand how this thing works. Now, to your point, if I'm investing in a particular security, stock, bond, whatever it is, I need to go understand how that thing works. That's how Warren Buffett If you're buying does a security, you're buying, you're buying part of a company, right? You're buying shares in a company. That means you need to go and research the company and fully understand, well, guess what? If you're buying a mutual fund. Guess what? All that system is rigged, right? Yeah. They lie up, the, up and down. They have regulators and they have rules and, te- and stuff. And there's people like cozying up and making backroom deals. And and basically taking information about insider trading, but they're not really doing that. And blah, blah, blah. Going nuts and over there. <laughs> it, the, the issue is that uh, you can't. It's a rigged system, and you don't want to be. At least I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the schmuck that is. It gets the, my money out last, right? I would rather have a system that I can sit down, look at code, and I can see how the the uh, system works uh, without any interfer- interference from. Uh, you know, stuff going on in the back rooms. Like, there's nothing in Bitcoin that you can't research, right? If there's behavior that do- you don't understand in Bitcoin, you can ask somebody about it, right? And um, everything's no, open, open for you source. to see. Yeah. yeah, so there it is. It's- wow. Uh, just, just real quick, before we leave the topic of efficient markets, uh-huh. uh, I guess the uh, you were kind of glossing over what an efficient market is or the efficient market hypothesis which maybe can be more clearly defined as 
the deeper markets are, the more likely they are to be efficient or the more efficient they become. Okay. Would you uh, disagree with that? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. The deeper markets are, the more efficient they are in general, but that doesn't mean that they are actually efficient. See, because efficiency is rel—it's rel all relative. You can be more efficient than other things, but completely inefficient in general. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, well, I, I it, obviously right? don't care enough about this subject to talk more about... Uh, I, I guess I, I, I was just—I was just kind of saying what uh, was going on, but uh, are we talking about? We're, we're sort of like well, talking about our, our ideas of how to uh, invest, our the value I that mean, we create in society. I right? guess I guess obviously, when it comes to me, I just feel like if I feel like the if I feel like the economy is going to go up, right? You you put your money in. If you feel like it's going to go down, you take your money out, right? But well, that's, it's that's, so it's so hard to it's so hard to gauge that. Well, I, yeah, but I, I mean that's to see that's the herd mentality. Because here's the problem: the, the problem is the market you, is the herd. Yeah. Hello. So the market is the herd. That's what it is. It's literally the herd. If you if you if you have one person, one person's rational, assumedly sane. You can reason, talk to one person. If you're talking to the market, it's it's just this mass of people who yeah. Collectively, they know more than anybody else, but they're also subject to panic. Just and and they're subject to you know false information, everything else. I mean, the the market does a really good job of teasing out information, but that doesn't mean it's better than any one individual participant's knowledge. Yeah, but we need to understand. Don't be fooled into thinking we actually have a free market. Like that's I don't true. think any that's enough, that's I don't think either problem. of you two guys think that we actually have a free market when it comes to especially when we deal with You know, I'm I'm not really I'm not really right. versed. I can't really say. Yeah. I, I I I'm so naive and immature in my thought process as far as like efficient markets and all this stuff. Like I'm still need I'm still need to read a random walk down Wall Street. I still haven't read that. I bought it, but would you would you care to explain a little bit about a free market absolutely doesn't exist or whatever or yeah, there's I mean, some stipulation uh, on that? People, I have mostly liberal friends. Uh, I'll just call them friends on the left. I have no problems. Like I don't get into stuff with them about. But they they say, oh well, we're here because we we capitalism's failed, you know. And I say, well, when we get capitalism, you let me know, won't you? Because we don't have capitalism. We have. Everything you know, people call it crony capitalism, whatever. I don't. I don't call it that. I just call it. We just have a fascist system of government, <laughs> right? And it, it, at the very least, we it's technocratic and all that. And where where I'm going with the whole market thing is that uh, uh, we just we just don't. We just have this overregulated thing that just has people, uh, you know, befriending and cozying up to the right people. And now, you know, they get special treatment, they get insider information and all that. And um, if you're not part of the club, you're not going to be making money. But it's great if you're part of that club, right? It's freaking great. Well, that's And they've concocted a system where they make sure that everybody is, in, is greatly incentivized so, to make well, the pump. So wait, wait, hold on. So do free, are markets truly open and free or whatever in anarchy? Is that like the only way? Uh, no, that that's that's probably the most natural way to to handle things. Um, that's the nature, and we're going against the natural way. I think I think we're uh, we're getting to a system where it has to collapse under its own weight. It's just it's just this huge monolithic thing that 
uh, eventually people are going to be like, well, you fooled me not once, twice, three times, but now I'm over here and you basically sucked all the value that I have in my life. And you're seeing it. You're seeing patterns that, that repeat themselves over and over and over. And so we're let, getting let, this natural. Let's take your, your, your assertion with, you know, with the cronyism and, and, and the manipulation of the markets and the flow of information, all that shit. So, you know, what's, what's to say that that whole shit can't, won't, won't happen again with Bitcoin when it, when it matures into a whatever. Meet, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. I mean – I, I think it's partially unavoidable because that's yeah. just the way – it's the natural order of things. Yeah. Power consolidates. Power right. doesn't disperse. You know, if, if somebody has an economic advantage, they leverage it to gain more market share. I mean that's I totally just agree. the way shit happens. It's nature. I, totally I don't know agree how you that. avoid that. I don't think you, I don't think you really can. Things, uh, things build themselves up and the things are destroyed in a cycle. And uh, the good thing about Bitcoin the way it is now is that it's a completely voluntary system. You can cash in, cash out as, as if, you know, uh, fairly easily. Now, uh, whether or not you time that correctly is, is another story. <laughs> but I think Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is the best example of a free market that we can concoct in this day and age. And um, Bitcoin, I think, will over time become more centralized and more... Um, you know, things sort of, they go, they're, they become centralized because that's more efficient and things are naturally, people want to make things more efficient if they can. So we're going to be battling the efficiency thing as uh, Bitcoin is, is grow, grows into a more of a, a big thing. But we have the option to go, okay, well, I'm done with that. I don't like the policies and I'm going over here. I'm talking, you know, I'm going over here to Ethereum, God forbid, or going over here to Dash. God forbid, oh my God. Wait, uh, does anyone Ethereum. at BitPay like Ethereum? Anyone? No, no nobody. No. Nope. Okay. There's not like one closet guy. It's just like, uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> closet Ethereum guy. No. Like every, everybody's, I'm a closet Ethereumer. Everybody is completely anti, not, they, we don't sit around and like just bash on Ethereum, but we just, there's a lot of people that think Vitalik has been propped up as a, as sort of like, uh, like there's there's guys behind Vitalik that are that are basically using him. Who are they, Chris? I don't know. It's another conspiracy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what's funny is I asked. Uh, this is so I uh, when I was talking to a couple guys, including one of your old guys, uh, I forget his name, Eric Martindale. I think. Yeah, Eric Martindale. Uh, we're all at a table after uh, after like a speaker dinner, and. I think this was in Raleigh and I said, I, I told Taylor, I was like, who, who are Vitalik's mentors? Who can influence Vitalik? And he like, when it, like the conversation cut off. So I, I, I want to know, <laughs> I haven't been able to uncover that. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Like, I don't know much about the interior or what happens. And I just stay away from that whole community. I just not a fan. The Dow hacker is uh, his mentor. According to the live stream, I want to be. I want to believe, man. I'm like Fox Mulder over here, man. I got my poster on my wall. <laughs> I want to believe because it, it's so cool. Like all the technology. Oh, you mean like you want to believe that, that Ethereum is going to be great? Could work. Yeah, the yeah. yellow paper and all that stuff, and like all the Turing completeness and all that stuff. I just don't like. I don't believe. So do you think? Do you think? What do you think is going to happen when they go proof of stake? Do you think that will conclude Ethereum, or do you think that will? make ethereum what it actually is and it maybe will just be a different kind of blockchain it won't really be a blockchain but it'll just be like 
Yeah, well, see, that's another interesting question. Like, it'll uh, just be like its own system that is just Ethereum. Like, yeah, as you just, know, you remember that coin, Next, Next yeah. Coin? Yeah. NXT coin? NXT, it'll yeah. It'll become NXT coin. So, so, oh, that, so it'll become irrelevant. Pretty so much. That begs okay. an interesting so. question because I was th- I was thinking through it today. I was thinking <laughs> through because uh, I was thinking about the the difference between a consortium blockchain like your uh, you know your Kafka stream you know yeah uh, hyperledger deal yeah uh, and and I was thinking about it and so so the, I, I've always said that there's there's three tiers oh yeah yeah, yeah. I like blockchain, this. yeah we talked about this earlier retarded. right. You know, yeah. private blockchains don't exist because if, if you have a private blockchain that you solely control, you just have a database. And in fact, you have a really slow, expensive database, um, really inefficient. So you're better off using a database. The second tier is a consortium blockchain, which has limited usage. It's only useful if you don't trust any individual participant, but you trust a majority of the participants. Then in that case, a consortium blockchain could be useful like your Hyperledger mm-hmm. faux blockchain, whatever. So, And then you have the third tier. And the third tier is public blockchain, which is like Bitcoin, and that's that's the four immutable, decentralized, uh, censorship resisted, uh, and trustless. You know, so all of those those characteristics of public blockchain. And then I started thinking about proof of stake, and I was just thinking about it. I was like, well, what what do I class? Because that's that is a public blockchain. And then I think about it, I was like, well, really, it's more like a consortium blockchain, but it's like a really really big consortium blockchain. Is basically what it is, right? Because, like, if you switch over to a 100% proof-of-stake model, right, it's subject to all the same flaws of a consortium blockchain. If, if, if somebody controls the majority and they decide they want to change history, there you go. History's been changed, right? I mean, I don't know. So, so what – and I, I just got in a debate in my head is what, what do you classify a proof-of-stake blockchain as? Is it a public blockchain, like a proof-of-work, you yeah. know, like Bitcoin, well, or is it a consortium blockchain? I don't know. Well, well a, a, a POS blockchain is a database. Okay. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, I, mean I, I think it'll just be a distributed database. It'll just be a database. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it'll, yeah and it'll be, so. it'll be controlled by perhaps other, you know, a couple trusted entities or something. Yeah, and that's where we are now. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just mean, saying that's that's what we don't uh, trust I, those people. I, I think I think <laughs> Ethereum has chances. Or here, the better question is: Will Ethereum be decentralized with POS? Well, see, that's the thing. Is is that's what I'm saying? Is it is a consortium blockchain with a very high degree of decentralization. Is is all a proof of stake that is <clears throat> effectively because like with a uh, consortium blockchain, you, it's it's pretty centralized. You only have a couple of permissioned, so they're non-permissioned in a proof of stake. It's not permissioned, and it is much more decentralized, presumably. But still, you you run in the same risks. You you I, know what? I, oh. I finally found a, an actual uh, utility for Ethereum. What's your utility? Uh, what, what do you what do you wipe? So very simple <laughs> online gambling. Oh yeah, you, like you remember dice rolling. You know Satoshi dice. You know, that Anything that has to divvy out payments and and yeah, money. Very simple games of okay. chance. Okay. Ethereum I mean, so so originally quite, when I was on the Ethereum thing. bandwagon, right. I was all about smart contracts might have a place as far as divvying out money and doing stuff like that maybe. But right here here's another thing. Every single yeah, it's 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 an interesting proposition because of the non-sharding aspect of ethereum right now do you think ethereum will fix will will have a sharding type system and still have decentralized 
computing? No, the, the whole thing is ridiculous. Okay. Like, <laughs> if you want to get into the technical yeah. aspects, the technical aspects are, are really bad. Okay, so, so I don't know... I don't know who whose idea it was to start like talking about Turing complete and then and then prop up these two you know languages solidity and what's the other serpent I think or something that was, was I think that was before and, yeah. and which like, was what Augur primarily got written. Okay, I don't know where school they went to to learn this computer science behind <laughs> this stuff, but. Like they need they... to go back and talk to people, because like, <laughs> this is goddamn ridiculous, right? Like you think you can build a significantly complex smart contract? But Vitalik is a genius. Have you seen and the size he needs of his to head? To write all the smart contracts well, yeah, for everybody that's... on the system at all times, then. <laughs> but he's yeah, he Vitalik didn't write Solidity. It's this other guy. I know, but yeah. I'm just about saying wood, that. Wood or... No, I, I... No, it was this PhD guy who wrote oh. the most. Of it's fine, language. but it's like, dude, like you can't. Are you really going to? Are you really going to trust someone to write a smart contract of significant complexity and have it be? You know, we already learned the lesson. Like the lesson was already should already be learned by everybody. No, do not trust these things. The technology isn't baked now. Whether or not they can actually make it be baked actually work and be you know programmatically correct and like have things that are supposed to be uh you know anybody can write a sufficiently complex algorithm through the languages i don't really know i don't think it's going to be very difficult and require many many years and very many many smart people to do so uh but whether or not like you can get the sharding aspect and all that stuff well you need to fix the fundamentals first you need to fix the fact that you have these languages that aren't nearly uh nearly enough to actually so do what they let's, say let's just assume real quick that they easily fix the languages the sharding and the PHO state okay it's a pretty good system right no, no oh it's, it's still still even then no because the you don't you don't need to have a you don't need a system to maintain a smart you don't need a blockchain to have every smart contract to be executed by every node no no with sharding you want to Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I'm saying I'm saying hypothetically, if you had sharding, proof of stake working because it's magic, and then it's just uh, a marketing. good a good coding language for developers. It's all marketing hype. You don't need it. <laughs> you can have a smart contract on Bitcoin. You can do it. There's not a problem. Like this company executes thousands of smart contracts, maybe more than that, every day. We have we do smart contracts, and they're not on the Bitcoin blockchain. They're tied to the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, through like a one-way peg, but it's you know, you don't need you don't need to have your smart contract be it's tied into your See, blockchain. This is, this is, I think this is why we need to get to a point where we can create true two-way pegs because I really think that's going to open the door to a lot of and there's a lot of this goes back to Paul because I mean I, I agree yeah, with him. Paul's trying. We're, well, we're yeah. trying. Like but, but, I mean, it's trying to be activated. If if it com if it comes if it comes down to it, then um, if you open that floodgate, then it, it there's just going to be a flood of new things that pop up and they fail. And they're going to fail. But that's the way you start the iteration that gets you to the one that doesn't. Yeah. You know, and 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 we we need that in place eventually to to make this happen. All right, people I want to. I want to move on. on I want to talk about Dash. Do a lot of people at BitPay like Dash? No. <laughs> All right, would you consider yourself in the super minority? 
Yeah, I'm the only one. <laughs> so he's the one. <laughs> you, the you, one we guy. literally got lucky. We got the one. So have you? So did you know that there's actually a Dash specific meetup group in Atlanta now? Oh, it's really? That's Atlanta. Cool. That's cool. I thought it was like North. No, 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 in the Atlanta area. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll I actually go, went there. Going. I'll look for them on Meetup and see. Yeah, see. and you got your hardcore dashers like Scott go out there. Like, who do you know anybody else that goes there? Uh, one of the other guys. You know what's funny is, a lot of them come to my Meetup. So a lot of them, uh, the the guy who was uh, hosting came, comes to the Meetup too. But he was saying, okay, guys, what day? Do you think uh, we should have these meetup groups? And everyone was like, oh, as long as it's not on the same date as the Atlanta blockchain. I was just kind of like in the back smiling. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, That's great. What do you think about that? You know, I'm not – see, I, I have a little bit of Dash, but I don't – I don't know. I, I'm not big – I'm not a huge fan of Dash because I think the only thing cool about Dash is – is um they have this option for instant transaction so you don't have to wait the 10 minutes and still have the same uh ability to be insured that you are going to get your money without having it double spent so you don't need to wait for like a, a uh what, what are the block times in dash they're 2.5 so you don't have to wait the 2.5 minutes if that would if that would have been a deal i think they're 2.5 Okay, but well, plus confirmations, you need multiple confirmations. But, and actually, you need a good depth because they well, are quicker. It doesn't make it more secure. Okay, well, let's say you wait for like three blocks or four blocks or whatever. Yeah. But but now you don't have to wait those four blocks. Yeah, I mean it's great. I mean I I don't I'm not I'm more of a Bitcoin guy. Like I I do hedge into Dash. Like when you're talking about hedging. Well, I mean, I geez, save, I actually say that into, that turned out this these last couple of days to be a good bet I yeah mean, have you seen dash pump yeah you, you know what's funny though the the market cap yeah. of dash is about one percent of bitcoin yeah it, it just it just makes now. you realize how small dash it's, it is. actually today it surpassed monero in terms oh of yeah cap. i saw that yeah uh, monero, sure monero has, hasn't been doing uh too well no, as far it's, it's as i'm a fan of monero too bit, but i'm they, a fan yeah of that I, so, I just, uh, you know, there's technically some problems. Dash that, is that sitting at 2.13 bit cents right now. That's okay. what is that? So I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Monero. I, I, I have the same reservations that the actual creator has himself, you know? Yeah. So uh, the technical problems with it, are, they need to be worked out. But I think if they can work those out, I don't think, I think that uh, Monero can, can probably take my second place coin. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question about Dash. Does the the fact that you know there's a little bit of controversy about the mining being done in rapid succession at the very beginning the of Insta Dash? Mine. Right. Um, I think I'm not sure, but I can just speculate that this probably had something to do with difficulty starting at like one or two. You know, something small, and then you mine it real quick, maybe. Or I don't. I don't really know how it worked, but essentially, they bug. were they were able to get a bunch of Dash early. If they did come up and accidentally, you know, mine that quickly ahead of schedule that they planned on, why wouldn't they just reset the project, you know, after that one day after finding out, you know, that they they messed up? Like, is that a deal for you that they that they didn't do that? No, or? it's not really a deal breaker, although it, it is suspect and I can't false. There's no, no way to falsify, like, whether or not. You know, somebody actually gamed the system. Well, on yeah, it's, or whatever. it's either dishonest or slightly incompetent, one or the other. So there's no yeah. good answer there. And you have, <laughs> and as a general rule, you should always uh, attribute incompetence 
prior to, yeah. you know. Never attribute without. to malice that which can be yeah. attributed to compost. But so, do not rule out malice. <laughs> right, I don't <laughs> rule it out. Rule. I'm just, um, yeah, that would be a good point. But here's the thing. Like, Satoshi, in the beginning, he he has he had most of the coins, right? Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he had effectively an instamine. But you it have to give him... a very you- slow, long instamine. <laughs> <laughs> it took a year. <laughs> it was uh it was also the first one. Yeah. The yeah. first well, that's of why. its breed. That's why. Right. Yeah. So but he didn't know what was gonna happen. Now I have to uh say that the evidence is is damning for for um for Dash and for um for Evan because I think he started it in two thousand fourteen after the bubble. So he couldn't say, Well Yeah, uh I didn't really know it was gonna happen to Dash and and, you know, there's no point in resetting it because it was like less than a penny and blah, blah, blah. They couldn't, he couldn't really do that because he knew what the potential was for an alternative cryptocurrency. So that's kind of damning. He could have done something maybe, I guess, at that point. But you got to realize that Dash isn't, Dash was used to be called Darkcoin. So, yeah, it was X- Xcoin before that. Xcoin right? before that. Oh, you know what? I didn't know it was called Xcoin. Yeah, that was the first. It was Xcoin. Because I didn't know about it until coin. it was Darkcoin. Like, right at the time of launch, they switched it to Darkcoin. And, right. and I, 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 I don't think I've ever bought any Dash. I bought Darkcoin. <laughs> but it's just like it's like the Dow. If, if um, somebody steals a bunch of money from stuff, he had the same dilemma, kind of, right? Because he had a community at the time when there was an when the hit their mistake was made and he could have said okay guys we're just it's a do-over you know and he would have basically like pissed off like his whole community at that point because they had a bunch of coins and well yeah like, well i had, mean at you, that point but, it's but fair if, because here's the thing is if you because it was a public launch regardless of the instamine it was i knew so, about it well ahead of time you know so i could have bought mining equipment and participated do you think he could have all right let me ask you a serious question Evan, as the leader of this project, do you think he could have done it? Reset it? Could no? Yeah. Do you think he could have, or it was it at I that think, point already too decentralized? It. No, I to, think I think he, that would have that would have been the end of it. Yeah. If, if he, he reset he did, tried it, to do a he would not be able to have his name on anything. People yeah, would not they trust have, him. They would have completely. It would have evaporated because it would have had a and failed, got, failed you know that launch. Happened to, um, it happened to uh, to uh, what's the what's that dude that does the uh, steam and all that? Oh God, Larimer! Yeah, the La- oh, Larimer. Wait, 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 what uh, happened Ethan, with Daniel Larimer? Ether trade, not Ether uh, trade, uh, so you're saying he launched a venture, reset it, and now no one trusts him? Bitshares. So Bitshares had a, almost yeah. the same problem. They had like a giant instamine in the beginning of Bitshares, and uh, so it was the same deal. And even Bitcoin had a big giant instamine at one point. Dude, I I never liked Bitshares. Wait, mean, just, wait, you said Bitcoin? Yeah, Bitcoin had a huge mistake in the early days where. Someone created a million coins. Oh, oh that's yeah, not Instamine. That's not Instamine. I know. That was a, I know. That was a, that yeah. was a do-over. But uh, yeah, that was a hell of a do-over. Yeah, but <laughs> two still, billion like, coins, or yeah, yeah. St- somebody mined a two million, so, two billion coin block. So, someone says ninety-two billion. Ninety-two billion. Oh yeah. So kibble you know, jive elk zoo. I I don't know. Things happen. I just I like what Dash has done since, and I don't see any. Chicanery. I don't see any problems since. Do you think Dash is so? So I'm getting most of my criticism, talking points from listening to uh, the BU Bitcoin Uncensored, not to be confused with Bitcoin Unlimited guys. Um, another thing that they point out is security is compromised, or the security isn't 
what it could be because now you're giving like 45% or so to like uh, not the miners but the see, master nodes see, or whatever. I've never, I've never gotten that argument, honestly. That's never made sense to me because it's arbitrary the amount of – of uh, it's, it's completely – 45% of what, you know? Uh, it, it, it's all dependent upon the price. If the price jumps by twice, then you've you've you know forty five percent is now ninety percent of what it would have been. You know what I mean? Oh so no, no I get, I get, yeah. I mean, I, I was just saying, did, do you see that as taking away from the security of the you know mall? Let's let's say coin. Let's say the market cap wouldn't been effective uh, affected. Let's just say that. Well, as, as a constant. You can't because if, if, if the, the master well, I can. Nodes, I just – I'm making a no, hypothetical but, assumption. But what I'm saying is if the master nodes cause the value of it to increase, it offsets the any loss by decreasing the total percentage share that goes to the miners. Yeah, this goes back to the tautological argument yeah. where you, you don't know if you have enough security until someone launches an attack See, that's the, the thing network. is if it's not secure, why, why isn't it losing value because people are attacking it right now? The fact that that that's not happening. Do you, means do you know what the Do you know what the cost would be to attack it? I, I know it's it's too high because nobody's doing it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would say I would say that's fair. Exactly. Yeah, I would say that's very fair. Because otherwise, you know, why isn't somebody trying to attack it okay, to make money? Well, I mean, uh, the other argument is that someone could have attacked it and someone could have raised the flag, but no one. We just haven't heard about it. That's probably unlikely. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, that, that seems happen. seems odd. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that that could happen because then I mean, generally speaking, if somebody pulls off a successful attack, yeah, you'd probably hear about yeah, it. Yeah, you'd some hear about channel, it. Right? I mean, yeah. Well, because uh, they would. Well, if they pulled off a successful attack of any scale, they'd flood the market with sell orders, and the price would crash. That's right. that's the goal. Right. I don't think you uh, steal you coins uh, so you can sell it. <laughs> you know? Has there been any any coin that you know of that's actually had somebody attack from this angle and actually Sorry, uh, what angle? From you know, from a you know, if it's a proof of work like a, a mining attack. Yeah, mining attack. Like does anybody know of any case where that has actually happened? I've never I mean, other than shit little coins that never made it out of the cradle. I mean those Jun uh, stomped a shit. Jump says coiled coin. Never heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. That might have been made up. Okay. I mean, it can technically happen. We won't know until it actually does happen. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's because everybody says <laughs> Luke Dash Bitcoin Jr. killed it. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> probably. That sounds about right. Yeah. People have made the argument of Bitcoin having too much security. Oh, no. The Ripple guys. Uh, what's the guy in Ripple? What's his name? Jed McCaleb? I have no. Maybe that name doesn't ring a bell. One it guy doesn't ring a bell. He wrote Mount Gox. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's speaking at that the, name. He, that Jed name McCaleb doesn't ring a bell. going to be there on Monday. Anyways. Uh, there's a guy with Ripple. I forget his freaking name, though. Uh, but he was saying, you're wasting all that security potential with Bitcoin. You could be using it for other things besides just securing the network. Like, you just need enough security. That was, like, his argument. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean but that kind of that <laughs> goes back to the Dash situation. Like, I mean, in, you're taking in my that opinion, subsidy. there is no such thing as wasted effort in, in Bitcoin because... No, no, no. The, but... This goes back to the the use case of Dash. You don't need that extra forty five percent going to the miners because now you can use it for other things. Well, that's that's well, yeah. that's, that's that's what the Ripple that, guy was saying that's about the counter Bitcoin. argument. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in Dash they they've incentivized it, and yeah, obviously it is enough because nobody's pulled off a successful attack against them. Okay, but the first time a successful attack happens. Well, then, then, then it's a problem. Oh, I mean, what what what, yeah. what would they do? Are they already are like well, okay? Are they are they just? 
effed? Are they fucked? Or well, what do you mean? So so okay. So it uses X eleven. It uses X eleven. So let's let's just think about it for a second. So it uses X eleven, and there are ASICs for X eleven. I don't know how. I, I I'd imagine the guy at the meetup brought effective. one to the to the the dash founder guy brought one so, to the so they're no longer subject if, if asics are out let's just assume they're no longer subject to a botnet attack right because if there's enough specialty asics you know even if you gather a massive you know two million you know pc botnet and you just throw all its cpu power at the mining um you're still going to need specialized hardware because that's not going to dick against ASICs. Right, so, and we don't... Uh, I think you talked about this um, at one of your presentations about what it would take to attack the Bitcoin network, right? Yeah, so I, I've, I've done, I've done like the light math on this. If you, if, if, you could, if you could acquire enough hardware right. and, and, the, uh, and the price wouldn't shoot up like crazy. So that, those were two like big... Well, caveats to what, my examples. What do you, what do you uh, get if you attack the Dash network? Honestly, if you, if you do a mining attack... What do you get out of that? What What do you get? So you're saying if you yeah what what you're not stealing anybody's dash, so you don't get that. You I mean double spend right? You you could you do, could, spend. could it, could it I mean, isn't that, isn't that the a double ultimate? spend? But you would have to own a shit ton of dash to 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 spend. So wouldn't yeah. you be better There's off no selling liquidity. your fucking dash? No <laughs> in there. I mean, there's what's your incentive? So, so what's for the incentive? So hold on, what's the incentive? <laughs> do you think there's enough? In, I mean. Is there ever going to be enough incentive to fork well, I mean, Bitcoin? So here's the thing. Ever? I mean, well, I don't know. No, I mean, fork's a different issue. But to attack Bitcoin. No, like, but that, but but a fork, I'm not talking about a hard fork oh, of the code. I'm talking about forking the chain. Forking the chain. Well, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's so, what we're so, talking about. Well, yeah. Yeah. Generally, because yeah. if, if you do a fork of the chain, so you're talking about a, uh, okay, you're talking about a hard fork to change the rules. I mean, you know what's funny is like fork means so many different things. Like I know. As far as code base or chains. It's very confusing with this. Um, I know. It really we need is. another name than like the soft hard fork thing. That shouldn't be called a fork. That should be called something different. Well, we need to coin a term. Maybe not tonight, but. Um, when we talk fork, we should talk about a chain, you know, one chain, you know. Well, what, what, do, what do. Hey, hold on. Currently, if something's backwards, why isn't it just called a backwards. Uh, compatible change and then or a hard change <laughs> it could just be because called uh in software that means slightly it's a slightly different thing very it's very slightly different but in the way that when you say something's backward compatible you're you're only talking about how the code functions and you're not really talking about the data it functions on right whereas versus in blockchain right and in yeah. in the world of the blockchain it's all about the it's all about the share the ledger that we're dealing so, with there's so the data. Let's say you created a malicious fork of Dash, right? You would have to overpower the entire network, right, at over 51%, at which point you would have changed the rules of Dash. But, again, this goes back to because you've just created a fork. That, you just, that just means you have the minority hashing power of the fork, right? So there's not really much you can do with that, right? What, what can you do with that? You so you've created bullshit. You can, well, you, no, not even double spend. If you had enough. So no, no, I'm saying you history. forked and you've created rules that say, hey, you know, everything's and anyone can spend transaction. Well, okay, what do you do with that? Who's going to accept that as a fork? Who's going to say, oh, I'm going to jump on this fork that I'm going to lose all my well, shit the, on? The real rub is that you, the master nodes would almost immediately vote themselves, uh, vote the, the rest of the network, the capability to just change everything. That's true. 
Yeah, because the master nodes are actually a guard against do, a mining attack. And they can do that almost instantly. They've proven that over and over, which is also a selling point for Dash. See, that's that's so, an interesting so, counterpoint. Oh, okay. So, uh, so Dash is... Would you say Dash is superior? I mean, it sounds like you're... So what? Yeah. I think Bitcoin. it's... Um, well, it has uh, interesting I, I mean, so, so let me ask you this. Why is Bitcoin better, or is it? It's, well, it's way more secure, way more liquid. I mean, those it, it has first yeah. mover or advantage. Is, 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 is that the only? It's thing? accepted many, many more places. No, it's like it's like almost everything about it. I mean, okay. No, I, I was just curious. Is is it is it really the just it was the first mover advantage kind of deal? Well, I mean, Dash wouldn't exist if it weren't for Bitcoin. That's true. So, I yeah. mean, Dash is at its heart just a clone of Bitcoin. Exactly. So exactly. I mean, it's, it it, it's just Bitcoin. It's actually a clone of Litecoin. It's a clone, clone of what? It's a clone of Litecoin. A clone of Litecoin. Which is funny. You go which on. is a clone of, I know. of uh, what, 10, 10 bricks? 10 bricks? <laughs> no, <laughs> which is no, a clone. So check this out. So if you go on <laughs> GitHub, right, and you follow the chain, like you go to Dash, I think it's like Dash Pay. The, the, Git, the GitHub the Git, blockchain? GitHub page, right? That's where the code the is. The SHA-1 posted. hash it blockchain. You know how you can look up there and in blue it says like forked from blah, 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 right? Yeah. So you go to... You, you can, you see, can see the whole fork tree. Yeah, you say Dash forked from Litecoin. Right, so you click on that, and it says forked from Bitcoin. Like you can follow the whole chain. Like, yeah. So nice. if you if you have like if cloned versions of uh, Dash, and you try to fork and you try to clone Bitcoin again, so you have two different, you know, you have Dash and Bitcoin. It won't let you because it's like, oh, you already forked Bitcoin because Bitcoin is Dash and Dash is Bitcoin, and <laughs> like there's a whole like dependency thing. See, and that's what I find so interesting about Monero. Is it's it it is like the only thing out there that is like well other than arguably like Ripple, but pff, Ripple, but I mean it's it, it is its own code base which is kind of cool. I mean oh, narrow it, yeah it's, it's very cool. It's it's, it's ground up ground yeah, and, up. Well, and it's and it's trusted crypto. You yes, know, that's cool too. Here's, here, okay, so let me well, speak at least may, let me vetted. Let me speak um, highly about Monero for a second. That people, this is something Ricardo doesn't mention a lot. I'm sorry, Fluffy Pony. I don't know what how he likes to be referenced. Hey, Mister Spagini. Spagni. Spagni. Spagini. Spagni. But okay, so it uses um, a different elliptic curve uh, for its crypto. Not it doesn't use um, uh, Koblet's uh, 256k1 curve. Sec P 256k1 doesn't mm-hmm. use that. It uses a uh, uses Dan Bernstein, uh, the venerable Dan Bernstein's um, ED25519 curve, which is actually an, a nicer, uh, I think that it will pr- history will prove that that curve is superior to the to the Koblitz curve and that it's um, it, it has a, the ability to resist side channel attacks and all that. It's been proven, like people have proven that it's a little bit better in terms of these side channel attacks and that's, uh, that's a good thing. And so he chose right when he chose that curve for crypto. And then the other thing about um, Monero is that it is a separate code base, not derived from Bit- Bitcoin at all. And it uses a different database to manage its blockchain. It uses um, a thing called the Lightning Memory Map Database, which is from Howard Chu. Uh, he runs a company called SciMap, and... Um, it's vastly superior to the level DB database that Bitcoin uses. <laughs> We've had discussions yeah. about the, the database so, behind Bitcoin. Yeah. So Howard Chu is like part of the core dev team. I don't know in what capacity he is, but he's certainly listed on the page, uh, the dev page. So that, that was an interesting story. So real, real quick, as an aside, so the, the database behind Bitcoin, I remember you talking about this level, level DB. DB, which yeah. was actually like a Google project. And at one time, 
didn't you say that they abandoned the level db effort at google or yeah, it was a big it was a big concern because uh for like 18 months like no one touched level db at all like and this is okay this isn't just like oh this is like some code over here that does a couple things and it's no big deal no this is the underlying persistent database for bitcoin for bitcoin core like so, so all the block, uxto yeah when you see your transaction <laughs> or block or whatever you have to write that to di you have to persist that to disk right and you have to know okay this is where this transaction starts. This is where this one starts. You have to index things into a database. It's key value pairs, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's very important that this thing be like fast, lightweight, you know, maintained. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and uh, so LevelDB is also used in Chrome, by the way. So did you and, know? Uh, and it wasn't you. It wasn't developed on. And we're and we're. I was like, people were like, "Hey, Google, like, are you?" Is this still a thing for so you they, guys they or put what? in a bug. They, oh, they found a bug or something, put in a request. I did. Yeah, so Chris did. Yeah, Yeah, and it. so, and then even Jeff Garzik, who I don't know very well, but he was part of this company. You know what's time. weird? Jeff Garzik is Atlanta-based, yet I don't see him much. Yeah, he's he's running his own company and everything. So I know, but he's Atlanta-based. He, yeah. he should be, like, hanging out more. I wish, but he's a very, very smart guy. But he, um, he was even like, "Hey, listen, guys, should we, should we be changing this database out? Because we can't run the risk of, like, the the maintainers not supporting this, and we really don't have a whole lot of like guys that can maintain this database. So maybe we should go to this Lightning, this LMDB thing, and and just strangely, right after that happened, like, Google's like, oh, we're doing this again." And so they just started developing it again. So, now so you're trying to say it's a conspiracy with the government telling Google to... It's always a conspiracy. Okay, good. It's Alex Jones, like, laughing at the top of camps. <laughs> you know, I just learned about Alex Jones, like, a couple months ago. Oh, Some best. guy at work was talking about him. And Alex Jones is very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. <laughs> so um, I love... So Monero's awesome, but it has its challenges. And Ricardo's very forthright about, like, saying what they are. So I like that guy. I like his attitude about being very careful with people's money and i wish that ethereum was the same i wish they had the same attitude yeah he rails on dash a bit and he rails on even worse than dash is zcoin or zero cash rather no, uh zcash Z because zero coin zero just got keep, hacked oh my yeah zero coin got hacked but zcash is the one that's yeah. zero coins and nothing coin uh, yeah i love you guys heard what peter todd like when he talks about zcash and stuff right the, well the, we we did did you come to our zcash talk when we had the meetup right after the Zcash launch, we talked missed, about Peter you Todd. That one, but that Peter was weird. Todd. Did you come to the Evan Duffield meetup? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, he was there. Did, so, but you didn't come to the Marcus Brown Ethereum Classic meetup. No, I wish okay. I would have. We we talked to we talked about Zcash at that uh, event as well because it launched. But Peter Todd uh, had like the most interesting article post about how he went about creating his his piece of the. Right, so, the yeah, initial seed so or whatever to no man's land with a laptop. Oh, dude, he, he has like a full fledged story. Yeah. He yeah. said even though he participated, in it, he said since like you know he doesn't trust it, right? Or what? What all has Peter Todd said since? He basically said what what Mike said. He's like he said he bought he went to home he went to like Best Buy bought like a off the shelf computer went out to the desert or something and well he bought like well, he did, sim he cards whole, yeah, and he used driving. like different networks so like if he was compromised if this network was compromised they would all have to be in cahoots for them to yeah. i don't know he did all kinds of crazy stuff yeah it's awesome that's Anyways. i love that <laughs> yeah it was it was a very interesting read then he of course he lit the computer on fire at the end and everything yeah, yeah. 
Did he use thermite? Uh, something you like that. Gotta use thermite. He 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 like. He like had a door. He had like a chair wedged up against his door, like to see if anyone was going to come in at night. Like he had two GoPro cameras filming at all times in his car. Like he had, it was crazy. Into the heart of the sun. <laughs> and he like spread crumbs out in front of the door in case someone like walked in. They could not put the crumbs back in the same order. <laughs> you, that's the whole Snowden thing. You saw that, right? Oh, oh no, man. I didn't see that. I just know Snowden had the uh, the the what the the freaking blanket that he would put over him when he typed in the password. Yeah. I love that, man. I love all that stuff. Well, I mean, if there's anybody who has to do it on the face of the earth, it's Edward Stone. <laughs> Honestly. <Yeah. laughs> Holy shit. I, uh, we'll probably wrap it up soonish, but, uh, yeah. uh, it's been fun though. One thing, do y'all, do you know how much you pay your Bitcoin lawyers and compliance people or whatever? An hour? Uh, no, I don't know. That's, pri- that's probably private information. It's probably okay. I, I paid my first Bitcoin lawyer. So he actually is your lawyer. He is. He is. He is my lawyer. Yeah. What'd you pay? Jason you Siebert. Why'd you? What do you need uh, counsel for? Um, I was. I was thinking. Let's. You know, you know, was it be... against his advice to say? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, mean, don't I, know. Paid, I, I paid you, for it. You paid for it. I paid you for it. I can, know. I, can, I can do whatever I want with the information, I hope. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. But essentially, have you heard of ID God? No. So I was thinking it'd be cool to get, I don't know, five IDs from ID God, all of John Seth in different poses as a joke for the decentralized identity program of Junseth, which you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyways, the the idea was uh, just try it out. Write an article maybe and, and just say like, hey, this is how you know you can use Bitcoin to buy something. So and I wanted ID to make God sure I wouldn't get in professional trouble. Professional fake IDs, like real you know? legit fake IDs. Yeah, but and obviously make them where they like weren't darknet. headshots, but like people like, you know. Darknet market shit. Dancing and stuff. I thought it'd be a fun article. So... I wanted to pay this guy see like his advice before I did that to make sure oh, uh, there's something I could do ahead of time yeah. to make sure I had my ass covered because ho- having a fake ID is illegal. So I want to make sure like I could like plead journalism or something. Dude, they found Ross Ulbricht with like eight fake IDs, passports yeah. and shit. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure I could plead journalism somehow. Okay. And, and and essentially, I don't think you can. I, I think that's that's the gist of it. And you wanted to know if. Um yeah. You know, what the what a going rate is. For, and uh for that. Yeah, I mean you can come in and talk to our attorney we have here. He's cool. His name is uh Jeremy. What do you give free advice? Uh not without actually the here's the problem with it is what do you, he yes he would. But if you want to invoke his name, he would have to be your attorney and you would have to pay him. That's that's how that what works. What if I what it's if not I, legal advice. It's, it's just uh, it, it's not legal advice, but he he can give you his opinion on things. Right. Oh, he can give me yeah. he can give me a free opinion. Yeah, yeah. an opinion. Oh, no, not legal that. advice. But he won't. You can't. But he won't represent name. me. Yeah, you can't invoke his name and say, "Well, this guy told me," because he'll be like, <laughs> "I didn't tell you anything." <laughs> yeah, but usually when you have someone that would represent you, you need to, like give them like a retainer or something. Yeah, you have to pay them. Like well, like yeah. thousands of dollars and not just well, like yeah, a if they're gonna fee. represent you it's it's standard. You yeah. have to pay it's it's typically like a five thousand dollar retainer. Yeah. Mean, right. Oh, I was just he curious. Review, he reviews all kinds of contracts and stuff, so he's Jason Jason saved me a lot more than I spent, I believe. 
he 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 essentially all depends on me. if you would have gotten caught. No, he essentially <laughs> honestly. He, I mean, he essentially saved me from doing something potentially stupid. Well, yeah, that would be a real dumb thing to go to jail for. <laughs> Why are you in here? <laughs> I was writing a journal. I want. That's what I, when you when you talk to Charlie Shrem, will you ask him stuff about like? What you, should we ask? Oh, him? Charlie. I, he talked. He talked to Max Kaiser about his time in prison, but I kind of want to know like. Like, did he get treated like a bitch? Because, I mean, like, think about his crimes. He's not in there for a violent crime in any way whatsoever, right? And, you know, he looks a bit soft, right? So, he's, like, is <laughs> soft and hairy? No, he looks like he doesn't look like a hardened criminal. And I still piss about the fact that he went to prison, but, like, like, did he get, when he got in there, was he just, like, scared out of his mind or, like, that's what I would ask him if I knew if I was talking to him I'd be like hey man are you like when you got there like how did you manage it like were you just like scared for your life every day because people in there like they got gangs in there and they got like all people if you don't join a gang they'll like just take you down kind of stuff I mean, or what yeah, I mean well, dude are which I mean are all jails like that I, I think he was he was more of a like because he wasn't at a maximum security facility I don't think we, we, we'll, we'll ask him yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll dig we'll, in we'll, yeah we'll, we'll ask we'll, him we'll right. just be like Charlie what happened in prison tell us the truth I, I want to know when he got there like what happened because eventually he settled into like where he was supposed to be like what groove he was supposed to he, be in he talked about the money system there yeah, yeah the, the mackerel the mackerel cans or whatever know. I don't know that might all been a lie I was like, I only see, I'm just playing. I, I'm just like, he, he like made this elaborate system and just to troll everybody when he gets out of jail. Like, yeah, there's this money system and how everything, you know, people make. So know. he went to prison so that the rest of us, when we sell Bitcoin to people, we tell them, don't say anything about what you're using this for. If you tell me anything, I'm not selling it to you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, why did he? Trailblazer. All well, he needed to do was that and he would he would have been fine. Well, see, that's the thing is, yeah. is even yeah, if somebody tells you something, you have to at that point say, okay, this I can't do business with you now. Right. I can't. And that's like this, that's like the same argument of uh, that Miami case where the guy they were trying to pin the guy down on like a uh, money laundering or no, something. No, that's different. Or, no, they, they like were, they, they told him to we were jack him up just because of Bitcoin without no, any other thing. No, that's not no. He, they were saying we're going to use this to buy drugs or something. Oh well, that was okay. I so, guess. so 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 the, the officer said that as yeah an they like and then and then they entrapped that's, that's yeah. like entrapment that's like literal entrapment if you say that right well anyways but the they judge were, threw uh, it out because Bitcoin wasn't money or something well yeah but I mean yeah but I they were know. buying Bitcoin for cash right the cops had the cash the guy had the Bitcoin right I believe is so. is that how it worked I believe so okay I don't remember who was who in that situation. I didn't realize they were wanted. They told him he's they're going to buy I, drugs. I don't, no, no, I don't that was remember. that was that was like part of it. Yeah. Okay. I yeah I I don't I don't remember the specifics of that. I don't I I didn't remember that part if they did or not. They because I I think they were because well the way I remember it is they said oh you know you're not allowed to sell that you know just in general, which is stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was like thirty five thousand in cash for yeah. for Bitcoin. I didn't hear about the drug part. Yeah, but the, the, the I definitely remember that part. But that, the case, <laughs> but I mean, you know that that's still if they if they do do that, that's still entrapment. You know, yeah, it's all. I mean, because like Charlie wasn't entrapped, 
You know, he just no. They, he had a paper trail. Yeah, paper trail. Had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he left a paper trail. But I mean, that could happen to anybody. Like we don't really keep hey, up on that. Hey, stuff. speaking of speaking of Charlie and the guy I brought up earlier, Jason. Jason has this like really cool show on Exotica called "I'm Not Your Lawyer." Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that guy. And, yeah. and, and uh, talk about like and he talked and he. <laughs> What'd you say? Dude, when I was watching him, I'm like, this guy's really entertaining, but he seems like he's like totally like blitzed out, like like I liquored up, cook. or he's like no, he's uh he's he's I actually he's I'm actually not... he's actually really cool to hang no, out he's with. Cool. He's a cool guy. And he's and he's uh I think he just has high energy, to okay. be honest. I think I think he's energy. actually pretty straight as okay. far as any kind of I was watching him, I'm like, this guy is like Oh awesome. no, yeah. He's, he's, no, he's, he's great. Like yeah. entertaining. He really oh is. no, no, he's great. Um is he here in town? No, no he's, he's out of Texas. No, he? and and his girlfriend or wife, I forget if he's married or if uh, this. She's cool too, so Rihanna. he keeps good company. That yeah, guy yeah makes, cool. that guy makes Bitcoin great again. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyways, he he did this really great segment the other day on like a he, he was talking I about like class C felonies and how like you, you heard like a uh, Granger like what what uh, Char- uh Charlie Shrum's doing now since yeah, he got out of yeah, jail. Yeah, they they're calling it Granger Danger. <laughs> and uh it's it's True. great um hey, so i get okay I just shout out to jason you've shout been doing jason, a great job but I, I get pissed yeah. because he doesn't record those things at all and he he shows them on exotica when i'm at work so i have like zero chance to watch oh wait maybe t- <laughs> yeah you don't yeah well here's the deal all the cool kids are doing exotica we're the, we're the only ones doing exotica I right. Think. Well, I mean, if I, honestly, because I don't even know if Autica would be blocked too, but I know Exotic's blocked. But the uh, he does. I see. No, I saw him on YouTube, so maybe I saw a different guy. Well, no, no, it, no. It's probably no, the guy. dude. The it's way you like, described this yeah, guy that's definitely him was perfect. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely him. No, yeah. I love guys like that because, <laughs> yeah. he, like, I don't want to accuse like like I got to take back what I said about the BU guys. Like, I, I do like those guys. No, I don't. I, don't. I think up. no. I just, Chris and Junseth are terrible people. I well, don't. I don't like how they treat terrible. people. They're that's, terrible. That's fine. Like they can. I'm not going to speak negatively against them. They, they treat people horribly sometimes, but that's their thing. I don't. Whatever. You, you know what you're getting into when you go on that show. If you don't, then Do you, you haven't right, watched their YouTube. Let stuff. me let me ask you. Would you advise anyone? Would you advise to uh, like if if someone came up with like an idea or a project to not go on their show because of how harsh they could be, or or do you think that's the ultimate vetting system? And if you can pass through them you can pass through anything i think if you can pass through them you can pretty much pass through anything. but do you, would you advise people yeah. to do it what about like sean what, wilkerson what I told yeah would you would you advise sean wilkerson of storage to yeah. get on bu i would yeah okay yeah. but you know they're like anti-storage so they would rip i them. think sean could hold his own okay he's cool a legitimate guy okay. but i told um i told i, I think i, I think sean... that um bu is like basically the actual um it's 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 uh what reddit comments are in a podcast form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah that that's yeah that's the great. same level of bile and vitriol and yeah, well, yeah. throwing a feces and yeah <laughs> oh, and they, they 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 talk so <laughs> fast yeah, that's and like, funny. like i i had a mental picture in my mind of those two guys and i just they're just like those bro guys that are just wearing like lacoste shirts with like the collars popped up and the gold chains and stuff. It's and not when that I, far off, actually. Like I, they're just they're, like they're, they're they're big on uh expensive pants. That's why I know. <laughs> yeah, they just seem like the Wall Street trader, like bro dudes. No, they're you well, know. Uh, 
they're 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 finance guys. You can tell. Like, yeah. Uh, Chris definitely. They're they're a finance guy. So you. Uh, you they could, they you know what's funny is that a... you know what's funny. I'm I'm not sure how far off you are as far as their past, but they definitely don't try to pr- uh, portray themselves that way now. I gotta give them a second chance. When have you I, have you ever watched one of their uh, videos? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. i'll tell you um i i actually didn't even take them serious until well, many many episodes into just seeing what they were do- all about um, see I, I don't i don't like when they get on a roll with the attack style stuff watch That's hey, the thing I don't here, like. here's here's a good video to watch watch the dragon chain video that's a good one okay i'll, I'll i made a mental note of that okay. dragon chain all right anyways um did you have I, I I think we're probably pretty good here. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's getting so late. My, it's been good, interesting. The the lights cut off on us because we stayed back. too late here. Um, I'd like to have you guys back. You guys should come yeah. back and talk to and, uh, people. You guys should talk to Jason Dreisner. You should talk to, let's see, who else is? Oh, you should talk to people in Europe. Let's, let's get Tony Gallippi and uh, Stephen Pear on here. If they would do it, yeah. I can't speak for them, but if they would. <laughs> I think this is a legit place to to talk to people. Yeah, I mean we and can by we the can way, get some Bitcoin more. Bitcoin has or BitPay has its own podcast that is sort of a corporate thing that James uh, Wapol. Are you serious? It's not public. Yeah, it's public. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know exactly. I think well, it's on SoundCloud like, and stuff. Uh, I don't know if they have an RSS feed or whatever. I I do need to look into that. A bunch of the former like Eric Martindale did decentralize along with a couple other people. Dude, I. I don't mean to. I don't mean to open up another can of worms, but like, Eric is awesome. If you're li- if you're listening, Eric, Eric if you're like, listening, because we know you are. No, Eric's awesome. Uh, people have, he's cool. I like that dude. That dude's legit. You should have him on if he would come on and all that. He works at Blockstream, so you should definitely talk to him if you. I well, I met him can. the I met him at uh, the All Things Open conference. So, anyways, Mike, I think the knots has been found for this block. Yeah, bits have been paid. Thank you for propagating with us. Thank you for being on. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Good having you.